0: G'day, Council of 13, Man Thing, AOS coach here. How good was that? What a cracking intro. And this is the long overdue Skaven video that I was over, I was meant to do, but uh, anyone who followed the channel knows that I got hit with COVID just as General's Handbook and the Skaven book dropped. So I haven't actually had a great opportunity to do a video first, but I thought, why don't I ask the Council of 13 for one of their best representatives who's someone who might stab me in the back? you know, give me, you know, slide under the table a little a bit of Warpstone and share with me how they're thinking about Skaven. And I couldn't think of one of the better nominations than Joel Graham a cracking a player in Australia, but also you are the interim Australian master and also ranked number third in the TSN world ranking players of 2022. So I've got a great champion who's going to help us look at this at a very competitive level. And, as always, if you've got your favourite thing and you love Doom Wheels, if we don't like Doom Wheels, it's not saying don't run them, you do you, but we're going to look at this very competitively. Think about if I was going to run go to a tournament, what would I pick? But before we get into that, Joel, g'day, welcome. Say hello to the internet. Uh,
1: g'day, everyone. G'day, coach. Thanks for having me.
0: Pleasure to be here. And if people don't know who you are, you are a great player. You've, you've been dominating Australian scene. You've been doing incredibly well. Um who are you for the for the folks at home
1: um yeah I've uh, been playing Warhammer uh, for two or three years now I think 2019 um I um, I do I did something I don't recommend to anybody my first ever game of Warhammer was at a two-day tournament so I uh, couldn't have could have dived in any deeper but um obviously I enjoyed it because I stuck around and um yeah sort of each tournament went by got better and better and now I am um, yeah pretty handy so yeah very happy to That's- be here. No, and I'll be coming to your tournament
0: soon. You're actually going to be running your first tournament, which I'm very excited about. But that's not why you're here. I'm not trying to get bonus points or a soft run <laughs> at the tournament. Um, we're actually going to be meeting up um, in two days' time, actually, at our at a, at a, like a one-day event. And I know you're going to get the Skaven out. I've got my GITs. But I want to get into this book because when I look at the Skaven book, and I'd love your overview, and I'm going to have a whole bunch of questions, and we're going to go through the allegiance abilities and try to unpack it to the best we can without making this stream like ten hours. But when I look at this book, it's it's a quite a complicated book, Joel, um, and I'm sure you might have some similar feelings. And if I was a new player picking this up, or someone who really liked the rats, they picked up the Echoes of Doom, and you know, like, how on earth do I construct this faction? It's There's, there's so much internal synergy. There's so many different clans and it's very unlike other battle tomes where I've got my Sylvaneth book and I want to be Winterleaf and the Winterleaf keyword goes onto all my troops and I just build around Winterleaf. You throw those rules out the window with Skaven. And I think that's exciting, but it's also quite challenging because how on earth do I deconstruct it? So hopefully in this discussion, we're going to deconstruct it, but Why Skaven, Joel? Why on earth are you picking Skaven?
1: I guess it's the kind of player I am, Um, I'm sure. Or if you're not familiar, um, MTG has Timmy, Johnny, Spike. Um, I'm very much a a Johnny player with a bit of the other two. But uh, if you see a lot of the lists and and that sort of thing that I've run, there's always power pairings or little combos that when they they pull off, they can turn the tide of the game. Um, So just the the kind of list and the kind of army I like to play. it also helps that Skaven's probably my second favorite army in the game. Um, nothing will ever top slaves. Can't be a classic bad man, but um, I just love the idea of humanoid rats. You know, it's very unique and different. Um, a lot of the sculpts, you know, they're, they're quite dated, but a lot of them, I still think have a lot of character and a lot of the newer ones are just absolutely outstanding. Look, think, think about things, you know, like the, the bombardier that came out, like imagine if we got all new sculpts like that, right? Like it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I love the law. Uh, you know, I'm not one for the goofy sort of silly stuff, but um, the more serious part of the law—it can get pretty dark and twisted. Um, I really enjoy that part of it. Law question for you, because someone
0: actually mentioned this in my Discord literally this morning, and I thought, oh, that's a really good question. Someone's no, nah, he, nah, Here we go. is one something that maybe people in the chat can can share with me. Do you reckon that anybody like any Chaos Warriors that worship the Great Horn Rat? now that now, now that now we have an ascension to to the pantheon do you think that maybe there's some worshippers of skaven in in the mortals of chaos something to ponder to i think it's an interesting um interesting lore piece but maybe a conversion piece i don't know Ooh, tempting i don't know it's just like it's just interesting like oh wait a second yeah now they're on the pantheon maybe there is maybe there is like a, a like a little clan that kind of devotes the to the great to the um. horn rat
1: if they, um my my thought would be they're not sure if they'd be aware of aware of it because caven you know they're they're pretty hidden um a lot of people in the mortal realm still think they're like a folk folk tale or they're not real so but maybe who knows maybe there's a short story, maybe there's
0: a ruddy war, war cry war band coming I think oh, that would
1: be please. so good. <laughs>
0: But let's talk about what's actually here because you're right, like Skaven. Um, and I was kind of a little bit surprised that there wasn't new sculpts because uh, back and I'm not going to harp on this because every other probably creator and everyone with an opinion probably feels the same way that there is some old sculpts in Skaven. When I started Warhammer Fantasy Battles back in the 90s, um, some of the sculpts are still the ones that I purchased back in the day. Like, uh, I remember getting the Mordheim box where it's like Empire Militia versus Skaven, I think the Night Runners. And, like, literally they're the same sculpt. So I'm not going to kind of beat it, beat on that. Uh, I know that kind of hurts, but hopefully new models will come in a second wave at some point, or who knows, maybe 3D printers are going to go burr at the moment. Skaven's a great book. I really enjoyed it. What was your thoughts on the new book? Did you like it? Do you think they got a nerf? Were they, like, is it same, same, but different?
1: It's a really odd one. Um, originally I was looking at the Silvaneth, um because they're a, a very similar book in the... Not in the way they play, but it's very much a, a sort of a combo and power pair basebook as well. So I, I was quite interested in that. And then I had a, you know, a more serious look at the Skaven after I checked out the Silver Death. And um, it's it's very much the same. They definitely got a power boost. Um, I wouldn't call them, you know, S tier or anything, but they're definitely capable now. They're not, they're not in the bottom anymore. They're definitely I'd say mid to upper tier army. Um, and you can absolutely win tournaments with them. Um, but a lot of the a lot of people have said you know the book's phoned in or they've rushed it and it's an interesting take i'm not sure if i agree but when you look at a lot of the rules um like for example there's a ton of rules that are still within they're not wholly within um it feels like they just missed that and yeah it, it's it's kind of strange it's weird i'm not sh- i'm not sure about it but um but i'm not complaining because i'm i'm more than happy to play with those rules <laughs> i'll take advantage I'll
0: see- I was surprised to see a lot of re-rolls in the book still because they've kind of like, as I've been reviewing all the new battle tomes, like you can see re-rolls being cut left, right and center. But when you go through this, like there's still a bunch of re-rolls, which I thought was fascinating in itself. And I think for me, when I look at Skaven, um, I got really excited because even though I'm not a Skaven player, I'm a, a Skaven, I don't know, enthusiast. I I'm waiting for doom wheels to get really good i also want to be a potato and run a whole bunch of like biker mice from mars like just it's run on so wheels it's so close. Like, so close but when i look at this i get really excited because it reminds me a lot of when i very p- first picked up cities of sigma for the first time and when cities came out cities didn't shake up the meta Sh- cities evolved with the meta so as as it kind of has gone along C- cities has always been good and powerful but they never raced to the top and became oppressive. You know, a lot of new battle tones, when they come out, they rise to the top of the meta pretty quickly, but then they also fade. I think Skaven, to me, is one of those ones that are going to have a slow burn because there's so much internal synergy. And then kind of you're going to see like the penny drop and you're going to find the list that kind of just, just click and they'll do really well and they'll adapt.
1: Um, I, yeah, I love your comparison with cities. It's, it's very similar. I mean, the book's got 40 war scrolls, so it's one of the bigger books um there's no obvious list you can just go like bang yep that's the list let's go um it's gonna take um, it's not an easy army to collect it's not cheap like i said a lot of old sculpts a lot of, a lot of out of stock stuff for the good stuff now um but i agree yeah, it to be sort of sim- simmering underneath the the win rate won't look great but it's a really good army and um and it's good that it's not a super broken army that just jumps straight to the top like nobody wants that um so no i'm quite happy with that
0: I will just call it really quickly. um, Killy McGee, this, this video, by the way, just for anyone, if you're watching this in the future, we are recording this pre FAQ. So um, there was a comment, for example, around like thank will losing its spells. I don't think that is intentional. And I think as soon as an FAQ happens, thank will, will get the spell law back, but just be mindful when we listen to this, things might change with an FAQ or a kind of a clarification that, um, but yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like every other unique hero within their clan or their faction gained their their spell law. Doesn't make any sense that Thakul doesn't have
1: his. I mean, he's still got the Gracie keyword as well for the Gracie spell law. The previous fact for the old book gave him access to the spell law, so it'll happen. Just wait for the fact, I guess.
0: So if you if you were trying to explain to me, like I got really excited. Let's say, for example, I'm someone at this, at, at our FLGS, and I see the um the echoes of doom battle box and uh, I see the battle tome and I'm excited about rat things. How would you explain to me their play style? How do they work? Are they, a, like, are they a shooting army, their combat army? Are they like just lots of rats? Like what's their play style?
1: Um, honestly, rats can go pretty much any play style. It's such a large and varied book. You can, you know, whatever takes your fancy, whatever is your, your flavor that you enjoy. Um, you can, you can go that way. Um, obviously there's lots of different clans and you're not forced into each one. So if you like a little bit of this, and a little bit of that, you know, you're not just a vanilla fan. You like chocolate and vanilla. Well, you can have a bit of each, um, the best way to play. Obviously there'll be a better list of so a better way to play will, will emerge, but I think almost everything in the book is, is a viable way to play. Um, the way I like to play them. Um, I'm not really much of a shooting person. You can, you can obviously do that with things like storm fiends, um, you know, lightning cannons, they're, they're still good. Um, I, I rate Gizales, even though a lot of people seem to not, 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 not like them so much, but I think they definitely got play. Um, but I like to play uh, just combos and power pairs. I think I've said that a few times now, but um, uh, the list I'm playing at the moment is a decent alpha strike list. Um, so that's very different from what I normally play, so I'm giving that a go. Um, but you can play it any way you like. You can play board control. You can play shooting. Um, you can play melee. The one build you probably can't do is I'd, like an anvil, push it to the middle and try and last the game type play there. They've got, um, you know, big damage. Um, they've got big damage potential if you pull off the combos and the pairings correctly. Um, but, yeah, they won't last long in a fight. So, um, But the trade is you can put lots of bodies on the board so you can keep uh, sending wave after wave. So, yeah.
0: I, I might actually agree with the chat here. I don't know. Like when I looked at the book, I don't think everything is viable. I know you didn't say literally everything, but when I look at the different clans, I was not a huge fan of like Mulder. Um, maybe it's just like the Timmy and me that just ran to Eshin and Scryer and Master Clan, <laughs> and I was just like eh, Verminus eh, Mulder. But who knows? I'm sure I'm sure you're going to tell me how wrong I am and how there's some secret list tech with I don't know help in Abominations.
1: Um, I think you'll see a lot of lists that will have parts of Moulder in it um, for specific combos that I'm sure I'll mention at some point. So you might not go for a full Moulder list, but um, parts of it are uh, very, very, very good. So
0: I think part of this as well, and, and probably the point that I'd like to reinforce that you've mentioned, is that there is a lot of internal synergy. Unlike Sylvaneth, where I can just run those flying bugs and just run forward, and, you know, I'll, I'll do really well. Skaven really requires a lot of internal synergy. It's going to require power pairs or power trios to make your faction really good, which is going to be like a a, a competitive player's dream, right? We get to, you know, create some really powerful combinations and discovering those combinations are fantastic. But on paper, when you look at it, you're like, eh, this war is okay. But when you supercharge it with factions or spells or abilities and artifacts you start seeing the real potential. So, and that's kind of what we're going to go through um, at this point. Is there anything else you want to kind of share at this point? Because I think what was going to make the most sense is going to be looking at the different abilities and trying to unpack it.
1: Um, Yes, I guess it's a Shrek book. There's lots of layers to it, right? So, like you said, you see something, well, that's crap. But then when you flick the page, a few more pages and see something else, you're like, oh, hang on, if I put that with that. Hmm. So, yeah. It takes it's not an easy book it's a very probably one of the more complex books in the game i'd say so not the most beginner friendly but if you you can start simple and build from there so it's not it's not always lost
0: and by the way like if you are a new person don't take what joel just said and go oh my gosh i made a wrong decision <laughs> just know that there's going to be games where it's going to be a little bit harder you don't quite know why you're losing but it'll kind of all click in um Killie mcgee wants to know what your thoughts are on um rattlings
1: been using rat- ratling, uh, Alpha Strike. I'm very advantage. frustrated with um with the Ratlings because they went from I think a 16% chance to kill themselves to about a 70%. Um, so you really only get one one shot with them, you know, one opportunity. So, um, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan, but um, they, they, uh, you can definitely use them. They're definitely still good, right? They'll they'll come up, they'll nuke something, you know, two damage shots with the spark. Yeah, still okay, but I don't want to. You basically use them once and they die, which is a little bit sad, I guess.
0: Nice segue. I've got the Dark Prince telling us a bit of lore. I actually, asked the question about mortal followers of um, of Skaven. Uh, the Dark Prince saying that the, the, it's been mentioned in Black Library Black Library shorts that um, the poor folks that live off vice of the gutters of the Free Cities prey to the Eshin aspect. Okay, I like oh, it. Wow! Hell yeah! There you go. There you go. All right, let's get into the rules and let's try to understand this new book. And um, again, we're just going to look at our perspective. And I think there's one thing I'll just call out really early on is that there is no one way to play Skaven. A lot of this is going to be based on the units that you want to play with. And that adds, adds a lot of context, much like cities. So Without further ado, you've got a couple of abilities. First off, you've got leader from the back, uh, lead from the back, and that is subtract one to hit rolls for attacks made by melee weapons if the target of a friendly Skaven hero that's not a monster um, is within three inches of a Skaven unit that has three or more models. So Joel, what I want from you at this particular point is how do you look at the role? Is this rule something that you will build around? Is it something that you consider in your list design? Um, how do you look at it at a very com- as a competitive player?
1: i just see it as not a bonus. Um, it's very rarely going to come up. Uh, your units are very squishy, so if your heroes in combat anyway, uh, it's probably dead. Um, obviously, the next rule can can help with that if they um, stuff up their activations, they don't activate the units in the right order. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things. If you if you're paying attention, just put three dudes within three inches of the hero, and you know it might make a difference. But um, it's it's okay. It's, it's it's nice to have, but it's you know it's not something you're going to build your list around that. That's for sure. Do you
0: find that your Skaven heroes lead from the front?
1: uh some heroes (laughs) definitely not the little support ones they're they're too important they've got to hide in the back for as long as they can
0: okay so that's the point that i wanted i wanted there is that traditionally you won't want your heroes at the front there will be some exceptions to the rules but in most cases your heroes are sitting at the back behind units buffing supporting they're not kind of they're not tanky enough to get into the front and carve up like a, a vampire lord on zombie dragon
1: um, yeah, and you'll find a lot of lists will have four minimum. I normally run six heroes every list, and three or four of those are squishy little support heroes, and they're, they're so important to the army. So, yeah, you got to keep those guys safe.
0: They've got low wound count. They don't have wards traditionally. Uh, their armor saves aren't that great. There are some ways to get them wards, and there are bodyguard abilities through this book. But traditionally, much like Gloom Spike gets, your heroes are pretty squishy generally. But there are exceptions, like, like every rule the other one being scurry away and that's in the combat phase you when you pick a skaven hero that doesn't have a mount how many models have a mount in skaven
1: uh just the one Thankwell.
0: okay so so every hero other than Thankwell will get this ability uh and that is basically they can retreat um as opposed to fighting the combat phase so again joel what's your thoughts
1: um actually i think the grace that the, the screaming bell and the plague furnace might be mounts as well not 100 percent, but um but this rule is uh, in- amazing, incredible. Um, sometimes it's it can be hard to use. Obviously, you can't retreat over models. Um, so having access to fly, in a, in a, there's a couple of ways to get access to that can be uh, incredible. But um, it really puts pressure on your opponent um, to make the right decisions. Um, this book is really good at forcing a lot of hard decisions. And um, you can really punish your opponent if they make the wrong one. Um, so if they activate in the wrong place first, um you just retreat from combat, and your hero's safe for another turn. so it's uh, it's an amazing rule. yep, very flavorful oh. too.
0: And on top of that as well, you can you could steal an objective off it. if your hero wasn't on an objective, you could scurry away to score on the objective uh, and potentially deny your opponent or or cap it yourself. So there's a lot of play as well on top of just protecting that hero to fight another day in another combat round could be a great way as well to be able to, if you are at the bottom of the turn and you retreat out of combat, you win the priority role, you could then do some healing where previously, if you stayed in combat, you wouldn't be able to. So, um, uh, and plastic crack, thank you for the clarification. I assume you're talking about the gray seer on screaming bell. Um, they are counting as mounts, uh, assuming yeah, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. um, then finally, you've got strength in numbers, which is add one to the to the range of melee weapons used by friendly Skaven units for every ten models that are attacking. So you get a maximum of uh, an additional three inches. Now, what does that? How does that work? And how does that work with the um, the the Fond? I was going to say Fondia. We're not in Fondia. We're in Galette um, with the bonds of battle, where you, got, you get that kind of like that extra shenanigans with um, with fighting. So h- how does that work? Or what does it mean to you?
1: um another amazing rule um it pretty much means if you're running a blob of stuff um you can get some pretty insane buffs like laid on top that we'll see as we go through uh things like storm vermin um their reach change from two to one inch in this book but this rule means um this, this, they're on 25 mils still um that that whole blob is as as still a big size all of them will reach in um it's it's amazing um the the new galette rule uh, you can choose to use it so you don't have to. So, obviously, just get and player, you're going to pick this one because it's better.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, like when I look at the Galette rule and by the way, like we're only in Galette for potentially six months. So when this rule stops at, you know, December 2022 or wherever it works out to be, you will continue to get this benefit, um, which is going to be great as well. So this will allow you to take really uh, what what type of units do you think would kind of benefit from this? Are we talking just like clan rats and, and storm vermin or are you thinking other units potentially as well?
1: Um your big ones are gonna be I think Storm Burman and, and Plague Monks. Um clan rats are great, but uh you can get you can get them to do okay damage but still not great. But the things you're really gonna look to use this rule with uh are Plague Monks and Storm Burman, I think. Yeah.
0: I'm being told by the way, you look like Mr. Beast. So if you're if you're listening to this on oh, the mate. podcast, you might want to come back onto YouTube and check out uh Joel who looks like Mr Beast.
1: I wish I was Mr Beast. i will take some of that money. My God. I, I wish you I get sure. that all the time. I,
0: I, I'd get a massive follow account boost by, by getting that exposure. <laughs> um, a couple of other things generically that I've pulled out is that there is, I've, I've pulled out one command trait. And the reason I pulled this out is you've got more than one tra- command trait folks, but there's one that is universal to everybody. And what you'll see is that the rest of this book is then broken up by the clans, by, by Mulder, Eshin, Verminus, Scryer, Pestilence, Master Clan, and everything else is kind of broken up. So depending on the types of heroes depending on how you kind of construct your force will depend on what you'll get access to. But you've got this command trait, the devious adversary, where in the combat phase it is a command trait, so you've got to choose it for your general. Um, If this general fights within three inches of an enemy unit that hasn't fought in the phase, add two to the attack characteristics of the general's melee weapons until the end of the phase is this a command trait that you would consider or are there other ones we're about to find out
1: oh definitely this is um definitely one of the stronger ones um it's it's so cool that you can they've given you one that everything can use um because um especially like master clan there's not a whole lot i think they're, they're pretty average so um have one here that everything can take and it's it's a fun one too like two extra attacks buff something up, send in a few extra attacks. If, you, if it's your turn, you can fight first. There's a, there's a couple of items in the in the book that give you that. Um, the big unit you're probably looking to use this on is the Warbringer because um, you can make... That guy's probably the biggest hammer in, in the army if you if you buff him up properly or, or one of. Um, and he's got two weapon profiles compared to most other heroes, one that can use this. So um, he's the one you'd be looking at using this, I think.
0: Would you be giving this to a smaller hero, like a bombardier, um, the... I've, I've forgotten names right now. Like the little minor characters, would you be putting this command trait on a small um, arch warlock or a gray seer, or is this more reserved for like a um, uh, like a something a bit more killy?
1: A yeah, you Vermin Lords lot the way you'd see it. The fun option is to go with an arch warlock, and and you know with your sparks and your other and your artifact, you can and your flaming weapon spell, for example, you can you can get him as a fun little sort of. You know, fun little missile you can send in, but um, I, I wouldn't say it's you know a, a super competitive option, but it it's still good and good fun too. So that's an Archwalock would be a, your option for a little character, I think. But most other heroes are just support characters, so so probably not.
0: Could be a um a clan Eshin, like Deathmaster might might work well well maybe.
1: The, yeah, no. it's just um. when Uh, when you compare uh, it to a
0: vermin lord when you compare it to a vermin lord like nothing compares like it's like pushing shit uphill you're like look yeah Deathmaster could go all right but when you then add it to a um a vermin lord and because it's everybody it means any type of vermin lord can can access it which is awesome
1: yeah that that's the issue obviously they hit a lot harder so you're going to get more value from it
0: as Killy McGee saying, uh, if you're relying on a bombardier in melee, you've probably already lost. Um, that's very well said. <laughs> that's
1: not he's the, going away. It's, he's not fighting.
0: It's <laughs> exactly right. You you don't you don't want those heroes in characters because they'll die to a stiff breeze. But one of the other considerations is something that's quite unique. Actually, it kind of took me a few seconds to realise this because traditionally, uh, we were talking Silverneth before, which is obviously the book that came with this book at the same time. Is that Silverneth would unlock Battle Line, for example, and much like most other factions. You play one sub-faction, you run Harvest Boon, you get X units as battle line, you know, and that's traditional to every book. Skaven breaks the rules here. So your clan rats and your storm vermin are always going to be battle line in Skaven, which is great, consistent. But for every Skaven hero, whether it's uh, Scryer, Eshin, Pestilence, or Moulder, they will unlock different types of battle lines. So if you have a, uh, a clan Scryer hero, for every one clan scry hero, you can unlock um, a unit of acolytes and a unit or, and/or a unit of storm fiends. Um, the same is true with Eshin, with uh, gutter runners or night runners, the plague sensor bearers and the plague monks if you are taking a pestilence hero and then rat ogres and giant rats for um, every molder hero. So a lot to unpack here what do you like what do you don't like um does this change your hero composition are you going to be picking particular heroes to unlock some of these as battle line or especially with glectian veterans at the moment with this season maybe should i not pick one of those heroes so they don't gain the gv keyword
1: um i think the um the most important thing to point out first um is the word can in there you can choose to make a battle line um which I think helps make Skaven one of the better armies in the Gal- Galatian Veterans uh, meta or season um, because you choose what you make battle line. If you don't want it to be battle line, I don't want to. Um, you have the option, um, which I think is oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, a lot of armies are when they take a certain hero or cyber like you said, fought, this becomes battle line. You don't have a choice. Um, this one, you it's all your choice. So the only things that are battle line, apart from Clan Rats are them, and I think things you've chosen to be. So you can really push and play if you want to make something a veteran, try and get the, you know, the as Free Battalion, um, or you might not want to make it a veteran, so the bounty hunters can't kill it as easy. You know, There's that's all all your choice, um, and choice is always good. Um, so I, I really like that part of it. Um, yeah, so Clan Rats these days, 100 points for what they, what, you know, they come down 30 points to 100. They're always amazing. They're incredible. I always like to have them in list if I can. Um, and everything else, you know, it's it's good to have the choice because obviously um, if you make a battle line, you can reinforce it two times instead of once. So you might want that bigger blob on things like Plague Monks to get to 30 um, to make those those buffs you're putting on the more effective on the one unit. Um, it's a bit sad we didn't get extra reinforcement points. So that's a bit of a, a, a soft spot, I guess, with um, with this book. Uh, everyone was hoping and thinking it would be a thing, but um, sometimes you got to be careful. But I've, I've honestly found in most of my lists, I'm not even using all four. Um, so it hasn't become an issue for me, but um, yeah, I think it's it's the, the main thing for me is, is the choice.
0: Yeah, there's some incredible choice, and I think again, unlike other books, what's really cool is that you can mix and match. Like you know, most other sub factions, I take that sub faction and I'm locked out of other battle line options. And the reason you might want to take battle line is you want to reinforce, double reinforce. You want to move a unit of. Uh, what, plague sensor bearers for example they come in blocks of five so if you want a block of 15 and, and really maximize the boost and maybe get more out of your rally or whatever it might be um maybe you really do want to take plague sensor bearers as battle line and that's going to mean that you want to get yourself a pestilence hero at least you unlock one do you um, think
1: the other thing as well that i like is you've got um storm fans and uh ogres. um that won't become GV, so if you want to you don't want to take Clan Rats or Storm Vermin you want to get your three battle line, you've got those two guys um, Rad Ogres are a fair bit cheaper so that can be an option as well to avoid taking any GV if that's what you want to do
0: How many wounds does a Rad Ogre got? Uh,
1: six I, Oh shit yep. I thought they were I thought they were like four
0: I was thinking they were like Ogres where they were like four uh, cool. okay, So you can hey. completely avoid GVs just by taking Rad Ogres and Storm Friends as your battle line
1: they used to be a four, but then you could put an Escher, like a master molder, like um, you could put one of their mutations on them, but in the new book they got rid of the Radogi mutations and sort of gave that one to them. So I'll take it.
0: Yeah, nice. And I've just had a look. Yeah, absolutely. They're um, they're six wounds apiece. So if you want to avoid Gletian veterans and you want to just not play that game completely and just play all bounty hunters and no GVs. There's absolutely a build there, or you could go completely minimum. Um, are wolf rats legal? No, I think they're legend, much like a lot of other things that were in the Skaven book. I think we were talking earlier, one of the old um, vermin lords that were for Forge World only. Uh, was it the Warp?
1: The Something. Claw Lord on Brood Horror. Poor fella. Such a beautiful model. RIP.
0: Um, look, I think there's a lot of great options here. I think there's some interesting pieces that you can do. I think for me, one of the, and whether it's a, whether it's a battle line option or not, I think there's some really interesting combinations you can do. Like, for example, I love Gutter Runners and Night Runners and even just taking one unit to be able to deep strike into terrain or being able to, is it Gutter Runners get the pre-game move, Night Runners, or no, it's the other way around. Night Runners that's are the pre-game move, Gutter Runners come in from a terrain piece from reserve. I think that's, that, that that flexibility is great when you add the Gnar hole, plus, you know, being able to like, push back people because one thing i've noticed in 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 this particular general's handbook is people being really aggressive like back back in the old general's handbook you know you had the battle tactic or it's like run three idiots and you'd score your battle tactic now there's none of those free ones so people are just like running up the board and trying to alpha you as quick as possible
1: um apart from yeah against all odds is i guess the new ferocious advance but um a lot of times you want to try and save that for later in the game so it kind of forces you so i'm really enjoying um, I've, I've only been playing with uh, GHB Battle Tactics because my tournament in September is doing that. So I wanted to get a bit of a feel for it and see if it was, um, you know, an enjoyable play experience, the right thing to do. And I've been enjoying that. But you're right, it does force you to be a bit more aggressive, which I think is a good thing. It works
0: in your favor too, because you've got the narholes to be able to teleport around the board. And they've slightly changed as well, um, in addition to some of the other shenanigans you've got access to.
1: I think Skaven, um, either Sylvan Earth or Skaven, the two books at the same time, have the most shenanigans about teleporting and jumping around the board. It's it's pretty crazy. I'm looking forward to playing that matchup against a Sylvan Earth player and to stuff jumping all over the board nonstop. <laughs> It'd be crazy.
0: From a battle line perspective, do you like all of these options? Are these ones that you would consider, depending on your build right, like if I want to kind of maximize Pestilence, Would you be bringing in Plague Sensor Bearers and Plague Monks? Would you be double reinforcing your Plague Monks? Or do you think um, going like Solo Pestilence and being maybe a bit more of a a mixed force might get a bit of bang for your buck when it comes to Skaven?
1: Um, Like you mentioned before, you're not forced to go down a certain clan anymore to uh, unlock this battle line um so you can for example like you said you can't go down pestilence but you can instill and get get the bonuses for going down pestilence um but still include things like clan rats or storm Vermin if you want a bodyguard for one of your you know your little plague, plague priests um yeah some some of these options i definitely would look at battle line um if i was you know specializing in that just to get the the double reinforce um some units don't need to be reinforced i like to run my sensor bearers in fives because they they kill what you want to kill with them in a group of five, they don't need to be bigger. Um, so, it kind of, yeah, it kind of depends on the unit and, and what you're trying to do with them. Um, it's, it's sort of that kind of book. Yeah. Um, it, this What what you do and, and what you run and how you run them really depends on what you're trying to do and what the rest of your list looks like. Um, but some of these you definitely would. The Storm, Vien- Storm Fiends, you want them in a big blob because the way you play Storm Fiends is to buff them up with Sparks and Spells. So they're they're far more efficient. So you're definitely going to want run up you know want to run them in a six or a nine potentially um other things like gutter runners night runners um sensor bearers um i'd be running things like that just in msu units personally so um yeah it, it's options depending on on what clan takes your fancy or what units are taking your fancy
0: and what's really cool, and it's a bit of a spoiler, is that when we get to the Grand Strategies, there are some that are really rewarding you to have mixed clans, right? It's Master Clan and Mulder, Master Clan and Scryer. So you'll see some of these, like, mixed forces actually will play well in some of the the, the battle tactics and the Grand Strategies. I think for me, look, the, the, the Clan Rats for 100 points at the moment for 20 wounds, um, I probably wouldn't reinforce them at the moment. Um just because Inspiring Presence has become really hard for Skaven, you lost your buffs to your... your you used to have Bravery boosts back in the day. Um, the the and unscreaming Bell used to give like a Battleshock immunity. Yes, there is a Vermin Lord, I think it is, that can give you like a, a Bravery 10 aura. But in most cases, the, the days of running Hordes of Rats, Clan Rats, is probably over, and you're probably running at least a whole bunch of, you know, smaller unit troops in addition to Clan Rats.
1: Um, clan, rat, clan Rats are one of the, I think, best units in the book if you use them correctly. Um, like I said, you do have access to some bravery things. The Warps here has a holy within 1310 bravery. The Plague Furnace um, still gives the battleshot community. The Screaming Bell lost it for some reason, but the Plague Furnace kept it, so go figure. Um, but I... I love clan rats in MSU's of 20. Um, They can do so much for you. Um, I run mine in Expert Conquerors. Um, It was hilarious the other day when a couple of rats took an objective off Karazai, so that was good times. Um, But the clan rats war scroll has plus two to run on it, or their flag gives you retreat and charge. Um, So I've had many times when a few rats have lived, they've retreated away, charged something that's not going to kill them. Um, They bring D3 back in Battleshock now as well, so if you don't wipe them, they'll slowly refill. Um, they can do so many tasks for you, you know, put them in multiple layers of screens. Um, they're very important to protect your squishy heroes. You need screens in this army, I think, in most of your builds. Um, oh, They're amazing. I love them, especially for 100 points now. That's nuts.
0: Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not saying not to run Clan Rats. They, they do not take that from what I'm saying. But back in the day, you would see blocks of 40, blocks of 60, and you'd see multiple of them on the table. There was a time where running a whole bunch of clan rats and then maybe having some acolytes or some Gisales behind the line or protecting some of your, um, you know, your artillery pieces, that was a viable strategy. And as a Dark Prince is also reminding us, in the current season, this Gal- uh, in this Galette season of Galette, um, they are a battle line, they are veterans, which means if anyone takes bounty hunters, that will do an extra one wound to them for every attack. So they will die pretty quickly
1: um i mean 20 were dying to most things regardless especially those units you're putting in bounty hunters they were already dying so it's not it's not I, I haven't found it in my games to be a big deal
0: and there are 100 points there are 100 points for 20 for 20 wounds i think is the key right that's so cheap compared to other factions
1: oh yeah you don't care if they die right
0: no which is what which makes them great screens that's I, I think that's the point what i'm saying though is like would you put in 60 and 40 i really want to have like a really good strategy of having a couple of cp up my sleeve or at least having the um the the triumph to make have an extra battle shock immunity maybe have some um some artillery teams or some something that's going to make the most of a block of 40 to 60 clan rats if i went down that route
1: yeah, I, I wouldn't advise it. Um, me personally, I love having my Skaven lists as high drops as possible um, because I like to see what my opponent with this army, I like to see what my opponent's doing and sort of counter deploy and position myself um, in response to what they're doing. Um, so, again, having them in, you know, instead of having a 60 and a 40, having five 20s, that's an extra uh, three drops. So, I'll, I like that. I'm happy to do that.
0: Like I said, if I wanted a block of 40 or 60, I've had like this mad, mad crazy plan. I'd want to make the most of it. But yes, you're right. I probably would run more multiple small units. That's what MSE use, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. It's just those minimum size units. Anyway, we've talked too long about battle line options. You do you. Find the thing that works for you. If you want to build around certain types of builds, you'll find something for you. Where the magic really happens, here, folks, is when we get into the the sub, uh, the, I guess the sub factions or the um, the clans, and it is very different with Skaven. Unlike other books, if you are an Age of Sigmar player already and you play other factions, you have your allegiance, which would be Skaven, and then normally you'd pick some type of sub allegiance. Here, you don't have to do that. You, it's all around the composition of the units, but there are incentives. There are incentives where. Um, if you have three heroes from the from the clan, so for example, you take three master clan heroes, you will get additional boosts. How are they going, Joel
1: um no good. Uh, the things I'd like to point out um for master i'll just go I'll just talk about master clan. cool let's do it. <laughs> because because, um, like
0: this is where you can get analysis paralysis here it's like right there's so much rules here and i thought for simplicity by the way this book is laid out horribly i think if when you look at this book it's just like rules central like it is not easy to read it's just a blot of blur so what we've done is we've broken it up by clan joel there are many many different clans talk to me about master clan and um what do you like from the master clan
1: um if I didn't care about my book, I'd screenshot all your screenshots and stick them over the top of my book because that's how it should be done. <laughs> um, it's much makes much more sense. Um, so things with Master Clan, what I'd like to point out is the bodyguard is obviously amazing because your support heroes sort of are what, pair up your army um, a lot of times. Um, the bodyguard is not optional, though. You have to do it. So be careful. Sometimes you might not want to kill whatever's in front of your hero. you might, you might be more important for that to live at that time. So um if you put it within three you have to use a bodyguard so something to keep in mind um so when we do a the...
0: bodyguard so skill, skill manipulators you roll a dice uh, before you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to a friendly master clan hero um that's not a monster now uh basically it allows you to basically on a three up you pass the mortal wound to the unit instead of the hero is that right
1: yep Cool. Well, so but it if, say got... you can, if it's within you, you have to do it.
0: Oh, so you you're forced to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, now
0: if you if you have three master clan heroes or more, you get a enhanced feature which is always three claw steps ahead, which essentially allows you an extra three inch pilot. No, is that you can use this ability this if you is, have three um, more
1: heroes. This is one of the On best the other... rules in the book. Yeah, um, sorry.
0: This is, yeah, this, is, this is this is this is this. Sorry, I was thinking of something completely different. Yes. Yeah, so basically, what happens here is um, you can use this ability if you got three or more master clan heroes. We know that already. Um, after you pick a friendly Skaven unit um, for its for the first unit to run in the phase, um, and make the run roll. So you can't use the um, forward to victory command uh, ability. You've got to actually make the roll you can use that run roll for other skaven units until the end of the phase you then can do the same thing as well for charge roll so the first after you pick a friendly skaven unit to attempt the charge you can then essentially replace other skaven units charge with that roll yeah yep I'm with you. <laughs> this is so much. I'm reading on a really squinty screen, so I'm trying to, like, do this the best as I can. Uh, and then there's an extra rule is after you pick a friendly scaven unit to fight first, um, to fight first in the phase, it makes a pile-in. You can make pile-in moves for each other friendly scaven unit on the battlefield that's within three inches of an enemy. It doesn't mean you can fight. It just means they can pile in. Cool. Okay, that's the crux of the rules. Joel, what the hell does that mean for the average player? <laughs>
1: that's a lot um but it's worth learning because this is one of the strongest rules in the book um one of the strongest rules in the game if you use it properly i'd say um so three master clan heroes um so what i'm usually using is a thank wall and two graces um there's a few there's i think there's five or six of them there's a few Look, lord um,
0: screech vermin king the vermin lord warp Seer? they're all they're all master clan
1: Yep, um, the Screaming Bell, the Grace here on the Bell, and uh, the Warp Noir Vermen Lord, the the Forge World model. Um, I have to wait and see what happens to that guy, but for the moment, he's still in the game and he's still a Master Clan, so um, we can use him. Um, why is so it powerful? Thing- talk, talk talk
0: talk to me, like why does this become powerful?
1: So I'd like to point out the most probably one of the most important parts. Of this rule is it doesn't say unmodified; it just says the run roll or the charge roll. Um, so remember that when we see some stuff later as we get through it um but there's a lot of units or abilities that add to run and charge rolls, and if you um sequence your runs your charges and your pylons correctly um it can be pretty pretty crazy pretty mental um the one I'll, i'll point out now is um a master molder buff you can put it on a rat pack so that's giant rats or rat ogres they get plus three to run and charge um so basically imagine um this book has two teleports um, on from spells. They have three holes that can all be teleported through. You come nine away. Uh, you basically just need to roll a six on that Radogus charge and everything that's teleported or nine away has made their charge. Um, like that is incredible. Uh, oh my God. Um, things like your clan rats get plus two to run on their war scroll. So um, you do a run roll with your clan rats first. Your whole army gets plus two to its run and whatever the roll was. Um, So there's things like that that are worth remembering. It's pretty crazy. Um, the piling so one as down, well. So, so Joel, just to
0: break that down, pause for a second, right? So it's the start of my movement phase. The I, I pick my clan rats first. I want them to run. I'm not going to use a CP to forward a victory. I'm going to roll that dice, and I roll a four. Um, now, if there was no additional modifiers to add to that roll, it means that every other unit that I want to run could use that roll of four instead of rolling a dice now if there's a bonus that you're talking about and they get plus one plus two to that roll that becomes a six that means i could replace the other units with a six now assuming again this doesn't get changed in faq'd in the future but just basically that's that's at at the core of the mechanics is that you the first unit that you run you can then use that dice roll on other units
1: yeah sorry um i'm i'm uh, keeping it quite complex there um yeah so if if, if the rule says add to the roll, that this is because it doesn't say i modified in this rule so usually uh rules in this game that don't want that to be included will have unmodified on it so like unmodified sixes to hit for example accounts that cancels out your plus one to hit um to make it fives but in this case they haven't put unmodified on it um for whatever reason it could get fact but for the moment we just have to assume it was intended and, um, and, and we'll use our rules to the best that we can while it's available, right? So, um, yeah, you can do some, some pretty nutty things. Um, like I said, the plus three to charge is, is probably the big one. A lot of people jump straight to that. But there's a lot of other uses as well. Um, so, for example... Joel, um, can I just pause sorry, you
0: on one more thing before we move off this point? It's a can, not must. So if you roll trash and you roll a one, it doesn't mean every other run roll is a one. It is a can, so you can opt to then roll the dice. So just know that if you roll that first poor roll, um, it's you're not forced to use the the one or the two. So just I just wanted to call that point out before we move on.
1: Yeah, no, good point. You don't you don't have to use it. Yeah, if you if you have a bad roll and it's not enough to get your other stuff, and you don't have to use that roll for your other other characters or or units. Um, and the last part of the rule is the extra three inch pile in Um, people might look at this rule and and think it doesn't really do a whole lot you don't get to pile in and fight Um, but it's basically making a lot of your units have a six inch pile in Um, not in the traditional sense because obviously you can only scoot around the unit you're in combat with Um, but for example i've had games where i've scooted three inches and an extra three inches has made me be able to reach uh, units behind the screen or to the side of a screen that were of further away from the unit that charged and this makes me be able to reach them and, and kill the, the thing that I'd, I'd rather kill um so it can it does have a lot of use i, I love this rule the three inch pile in obviously the charge one's probably the, the big one you're you're playing around um and you can build lists just around that uh but the pile in one don't don't write that off it's i think it's pretty incredible as well it's
0: cool so in a, in a nutshell unless it gets faq'd in the future Um, That first roll for either run and or charge, it's both. You can use both. It's not one or the other. You can replace a dice roll on the subsequent run and charges, which is great, especially if a unit gets a boost of plus one, plus two, plus whatever for said run or charge, right? But... You made some good points as well when it comes to the pile in. The first one is that if you have a, a lot of units, let's say to block a 30 vermin lord, of vermin, vermin lords, <laughs> storm vermin, imagine 30 vermin lords. If you oh, have God. a unit of 30 storm vermin or 40 clan rats or whatever it might be, um, you could wrap around your opponent with that extra three-inch pile-in essentially and then you'd be denying your opponent moving around and, and getting into your juicy stuff and you'd be able to get more attacks in as you've already pointed out. Alternatively, as you've said, for those units that have larger ranges, again, the lord is a good example. There's there's others like Storm Fiends and others that you might want to be thinking about. You can use that extra three-inch pile-in to wrap around get into a juicier target as opposed to going through maybe a, a chaff screen that you don't really want to be you know fighting with is that kind of the the the, the crux of that
1: yeah yeah and, and like you said the one i've got to mention is um you can you can pile three away so it might you can use that defensively as well it might mean they get less of the unit in because you have pulled your guys further away or they might not be able to get to hit it at all um so there there is a lot to that rule once once you really look at it yeah really good.
0: Yeah, you you might hit a charge and just tap, touch I don't know the middle of the unit, but then with your pylon, you can move towards the edge. You're right, then you're kind of restricting how many um models can fight against you in in return. So, yeah, you can use that offensively and defensively. I like it. There are three command traits and three artifacts that you can choose from. I'm not going to read word for word because you'll be here for 10 years going through every single combination. Do you have a favorite command trait and a favorite artifact from the Master Clan?
1: Yeah, Master Clan is pretty easy. There's really only one of each. Um, I'd go Master of Magic, especially on your two-cast, maybe three-cast with Arcane Tome Wizards because it's basically a better version of the generic one because it's reroll all casts, dispels, and unbinds. Um, The artifact I'm running in nearly every list is Skavenbrew. Um, so unit within three inches d3 mortal wounds plus one attacks Um, it's not restricted at all so you can put that on things like thankful that has three attack profiles um, or your vermin lords things like that so don't just think about it on your infantry blocks it can be used a lot of different ways
0: I, yeah, I agree with Master of Magic. I think definitely as a command trait, being able to re-roll cast, dispelling and unbinding is a really good command trait. The other one that I kind of, I'm lukewarm and I I, I don't mind, is the Supreme Manipulator, which um, allows you to re-roll the dice roll when you're trying to generate the CP. So if you're an army that, you know, if if you find yourself really CP dependent, um, that one's not a bad one. I guess it depends on like, are you building around magic, and how important is magic to you?
1: Yeah, there's there's this book has amazing command traits and artifacts. Like, um, a lot of my lists I'm putting in double warlord or double um double command entourage to get access to them. Um, so I think unfortunately, supreme manipulator might be pushed out by some other ones, but um, it's definitely an option if you're spamming CP on certain things.
0: By the way, I agree with you. Like, master of magic is definitely the strongest. Um, but if you find yourself not using wizards or it's not important to your strategy, um, there's certainly other options up your sleeve. What about the artifacts? You've got the Narshard, the Norshard, the Norshard, Norsh- Norsh- Skavenbrew,
1: Riter- Skavenbrew, and, and the Rider. The of, of Rightful Supremacy. Of yeah, so I Ska- Brew is obviously the, the, the clear winner for me. Like I said, put that in most lists. Um, the other one I, I might think about using is Staff of Rightful Supremacy um it's this one's really weirdly worded so it's it's worth um re- reading and rereading again um the endless spell has to be um within 13 inches of the bearer so he doesn't have to do the unbind but he has to basically be within 13 inches of the endless spell himself so it's kind of like the turtle in in idenf he's got to be within range of the unit for your for your reavers to get or thralls get plus one to hit it's kind of like that he has to be near the endless spell it's not if the dispel is within range of like within 13 of him so um that can have its uses, especially in the pebble Sun meta. You might you might look at this at the moment.
0: You, you talked Skaven brew as a strong one. Once per turn in your hero phase, you can pick one other friendly Skaven unit within three inches of the bearer. That unit suffers D three mortal wounds, and you get to add one to the attack characteristic of melee weapons on that unit. Um, who's a good recipient of Skaven brew? What so? What, sorry, what are the types of units that are good for Skaven brew?
1: Um, So your big Horde Infantry blocks that you buff into the nines. So a big blob of uh, 30 Storm Vermin. Um, You can add plus one attacks onto those guys, so 30 extra attacks, um, which you can get to um, pretty decent random damage. Um, Definitely goes on there, um, especially when you've got a spell... You've got two spells that fight on death, so um, piling in twice is, again, doubling up on that. Um, Plague Monks take it really well. Um, I like to use it, especially on the first turn on on Thankwall. Um, because he has three three melee weapon profiles so you, you're triple dipping I guess getting three extra attacks um i I think it's just on almost anything but obviously the big infantry blocks uh, will give you the best value from this one Yes, and we, as we already mentioned, the
0: Grey Seer, both on Foot and Screaming Bell. Will, um, but obviously Thankwell is um, is a unique character, so it can't take an artifact. Um, Screech, the Vermin King, um, Vermin Lord, Warp Seer are all Master Clan-type units. So if you're picking any of those, um, you're going to have at least some of the Allegiance ability, uh, as well as obviously accessing Command Traits and Artifacts.
1: Um, another tip with Skavenbrood 2 is um, it's, it's in the hero phase um, so you take on a Warp Seer uh, sorry, a seer, and um and he's got his, you can take leap from the law, so he teleports himself within 3 inches of something and buffs it so um, it can be pretty mobile if you chuck it on that guy
0: yeah and I'm seeing some good commentary around like, you know, who, who could access you know, like have a Claw Lord to get extra attacks or, you know, use it maybe to get that that and there's probably one call out as well with the grace Seer and Screaming Bell is one of the big changes or the things that you lost. You lost the Battleshock immunity, but you've gained now ability to summon a Vermin Lord, which is a bit risky. I think you're, you're a bit overpriced in my opinion. Um, I think I've yeah, rather I the Battleshock immunity um, for a random chance of generating a free Vermin Lord. But if it goes off, boy, oh, boy, uh, is that a good hero to add to your army.
1: It can um it's yeah, it's it's an odd one the bell because it relies on you taking damage to get closer to summoning the Vermin Lord and better players will just see that it's it's not punchy at all, so it's gave and Brew, it can be okay, but it doesn't do much on it. Um and it doesn't really do much else. Um unfortunately these days the when it rings the bell and does stuff, it's not very um impactful anymore. So better players will just ignore the bell the whole game and just let it sit there, you know, twiddling at some. So um, can be can be good, but yeah, I, I don't I don't like it personally.
0: It's that balance of having enough damage taken to the uh, the screaming bell to be able to summon the vermin lord, you know, with a good dice roll, and not dying. I think it's that that fine balance that you know it, it will be tough to kind of balance um, when when you're playing. But at least it's a double caster again. I think it it did lose it in echoes, and that kind of came back. So um,
1: good news yeah. um, there. Plus two to cast as well. So um, and that goes down as it takes wounds. So that can be an incentive for your opponent to want to damage it as well. So I, I can, you know, you can make it work.
0: Um, is there anything else you'd mention with the master clan? I think overall, I think most armies, unless you go us you know, one one clan, will at least have some type of master clan in your in your build.
1: Yeah, you, you're gonna to want to take um, one usually a grace here to get access to the skid elite the teleport spell um, and death fr- or death frenzy depending on your list which is fight on death uh, which is amazing in this army so yeah most armies you'll see at least one um, but if you yeah it's you'll see a lot of this also build towards getting access to the the triple master clan hero for the always three claw stops steps ahead rule.
0: yeah they're definitely the, the always three claw steps ahead I would be looking for three three uh, master clan heroes it's just too good not to to take up and being able to guarantee a charge from a teleport from a narhole, hole and then being able to like if you get a good charge roll you know you can guarantee yourself the charge from the, those those central points
1: you're laughing like you mentioned it, it, this this could change in its value if it changes to unmodified but for the moment it's it's really good
0: yeah, I'm, I'm calling that out in, in case someone listens to this six months later and it's it's been FAQ'd. But just at the moment, modifiers are all good. Um, so you can modify to your heart's content. One of my favourites is the Clan Scryer. Um, and my storm friends so <laughs> a lot not a lot's really changed here when it comes to the allegiance ability if you were tapping into clan scryer in the past you're already familiar with the warpstone spark where you would get a bunch of tokens and that would be random it, it, it's now d3 um tokens and then you add three to that role um and they're the sparks that you can use to either um, in your hero phase, pick one uh, Clan Scryer to re-roll, cast, dispelling, and unbinds. Um, you can use it in the, in the shooting phase to pick three different Clan Scryer units, wholly within 13 of the hero, and you add one to the damage characteristic of those missile weapons. Uh, and or you've got the in the combat phase, you can pick a Clan Scryer hero to fight, and if it uses the Warpstone Spark, you get plus one to hit and wound, rolls on that hero to the end of the phase Um, at the end of the phase for all three of them you roll a dice and a roll of a one they're going to take d3 mortal wounds if you take three heroes you then get to roll d6 and add the three so you could be up to nine sparks um throughout the game joel thoughts on warpstone spark as a real focus on clan scryer
1: um it's obvious it's been their rule for a long time it's very flavorful uh, flavorful um it's an awesome rule um the one change is obviously in line with aos 3 the fighting in the combat phase has changed add one to hit and wound um which is fine a lot of cases that's better than the re-rolls um yeah it's sa- same as it always has been which is great i'm glad it didn't change it's an it's an awesome rule and um and good fun to use yeah very flavorful
0: you find uh, I found traditionally it's usually the first two that you use. Having your um, your arch warlock being able to re-roll unbinds, dispels, and and casting rolls. Um, being able to re-roll those have been great. Um, and if you're tapping into your your shooting, you know whether it's what is it your your storm fiends if you're going to go into shooting storm fiends, your acolytes, your warp throwers, all those types of things, getting the re-roll on shooting. Um, and because it's generous, you can pick three units to be able to um, to to add the plus one to the damage. They're the ones that are most common. Would you agree, or do you think that um, maybe a unit of six storm friends with um, the plus one to hit, plus one, plus one to hit, and plus one
1: to wound is a good use? Um, yes, clan scry. Traditionally, they've been you know they sort of relied on on the spell more more warp power, which is reroll hits and wounds and shooting. Um, that's changed add one hit and wound which is still still good um you know dep- depends on the situation if it's worse or better now with the rerolls. um and obviously you're gonna add the w- plus one to damage so you've relied on that pretty heavily the the re the hero phase reroll spell lets you reroll you more and more warp power so it's giving you a good um good chance to get that off because it is a seven still i believe so um you know not not super reliable um to get that so it's nice to have access to the reroll, and then yeah run run them up next to your storm fiends your acolytes um adding one damage to your acolytes is is amazing um and you're rattling guns on your storm fiends um it's not it's you can't use them on your warp you can just remember that because it's not attack profile it's a special ability at shooting attack um, yes and you and your gisales, um it's pretty risky um you're fishing for the six with mortal wounds so i'm not sure you'd use it on your gisales, but it's it's, uh, I guess you would if you had the sparks laying around it, but if you had other things in your army, like um, if you're on pure scry with acolytes and storm fiends, you'd probably um, rather use them on those units.
0: I mean, you do get to pick three different units for one spark. So if you happen to find yourself with a, a couple of shooting units, yeah, you, you might tap into that. So maybe two other burning questions before I move into command traits and artifacts is, uh, and one, one will come from the chat, do you think Warpstone Spark is enough to bring yourself three Scryer heroes into your list to go for
1: the D six as opposed to the D three? Um, I wouldn't, um, mainly because um, having having access to D six is good, but it's it's a D six. You could roll the one on the D six. It's very swingy. You know, if it made it, you know, two D three or or you start with five or six and then roll a D three instead of just a flat three, or you know, if you got something you could rely on a little bit more to give you um more sparks maybe um but if you if you feel like you're um you know you don't have enough sparks or you're running out um there's, ac- there's access to more of those through your command traits and artifacts so um and, and your scry heroes you really only need one two at most you never you never want to take more because they, they're they a support hero and they do the same thing yeah you can only cast more 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 walk power once um so i wouldn't say there'd be many situations where you'd want to take more than three on you're um you you love clan scryer. It's it's your baby, and you just want to run full clan scryer. That's obviously that's what you're going to do. So
0: that would be my point. If you were running the warlock, the bombardier, you want to run storm fiends. You want to run the warp lightning cannon acolytes. You know doom wheels, gizeles, like all those things that are very scryer. Absolutely, absolutely do it. But if I was running like a mixed force, would I try to include three heroes just for the sake of the d6 instead of the d3? Probably not. And I agree with you. If that was 2d3 plus three, that would be more of an incentive. But you're right. I could roll a one or a two. And I took a bunch of heroes for the sake of taking a bunch of heroes and probably not a good investment.
1: Um, You can definitely use your points better elsewhere, I'd I'd say, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, the other question that came up from the chat coming from Lewis was, do you think Storm Fiends can be effective as a single group of three? Because they are expensive. They are a big bunch of wounds. They're not gletian veterans, so they're not going to be able to fight um, with the bonds of battle ability and get the extra range. Do you think keeping them in sixes, threes, nines, like what are your thoughts on threes?
1: Um, well, I personally wouldn't like it i think six is a sweet spot um i think nine's a bit of an over commitment um in this at least in this matter and the way the game is played these days obviously that used to be the list but i think the game is a bit different and um and it's a bit too much in one unit at this point um i think there's definitely could be some lists where you've got a lot of points um storm fiends are probably the almost the closest thing outside of the heroes to an anvil that we've got um so if you want something that can take a bit more of a hit it's an option um they have an option to tunnel underground and pop up um so you might want to take a unit of three to have access to basically a a deep strike or something like that um they they're pretty good in bounty hunters their their melee profile um it's not amazing but it's, it's not bad honestly not bad um so an extra damage and you just send them in the units you want to kill into the gvs um yeah i wouldn't say it's optimal but it's 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 definitely more than fine to do um yeah absolutely
0: and you could use the rule that we just talked about with the master clan being able to get the extended or the really good charge pop them through a gnar hole or through the teleport and then if you get a good charge roll then you could be pinning something from the backfield or from the side and just tying something up with a whole bunch of wounds and they are tough to kill they are you know you got to put a lot of effort into t- taking down even just three stone fiends
1: Absolutely, yeah. And like I said, they've got the Grinder Fist. I think it's the Grinder Fist on the War Scroll that give you access to their own Deep Strike. So, um, you know, the three Deep Striping like that could be an option for sure.
0: Let's talk about your Command Traits. Again, you've got three Command Traits, three Artifacts. Uh, you've got the overse- Overseer of Destruction, Masterful Scavenger, and Deranged Inventor. Um, do you have a favorite artifact? I said Command trait, sorry, Command Traits.
1: Um, if I was to pick one of these, I would probably pick um, Deranged Inventor, um, just to add one to your hit rolls for a unit. Um, saves you a CP, um, which can be quite important in this army or a scry list because you want to save them for, for other things. Um, I'm honestly not super impressed by by any of the three. Um, I'd probably be looking elsewhere for my command trait. Um, even the generic ones, something like a, a Master of Magic to reroll a cast, um, to save your sparks to use... Um, in your shooting phase to buff up the damage. Um, you know, sort of um insulates you against that bad that, that one or two roll on your D three at the start. Um things like that. that's where I'd be I'd be looking. Um I mean if you were if you're a um the weapon team one is interesting, I guess. Um the OCM is a spicy know. so don't want to lose that before it gets to fight so that's an option as well i guess but um see overseer of destruction seems like you
0: uh it's something that i probably wouldn't take because i mean one hidden's weapons team i I, i'm I'm not a big fan of them at the moment um and, and and with endless spells being really powerful i think i'd rather be going for endless spells as opposed to those points on let's say a weapons team um but I guess my other question would be with Masterful Scavenger adding two to the number of Warpstone Sparks, would that be good enough to get myself a guaranteed... Like, Is it, is it good enough that, like, you, we talked about I could roll a one on a D6? If it's just, like, three plus one plus two, is that a good use of Command trait to get my guarantee up? or Or do you think that, you know, it's a bit of an
1: overkill? Personally, I think it's an overkill. Um, in my experiences playing, because usually the, the sparks are really—you're only the, like—they're amazing to have for the whole game, but they, they do their big impact in turn one and two, and um, especially running a scry list, which is going to be heavy shooting. Um, you usually know which way the game's going by that point, so they don't have as much impact. Having more, in, in my experience. But if you're running a whole Clan Scry list and you wanted to have your Arc Warlock go in and try to punk things in combat, so you're adding using sparks in maybe all three phases, yes, we were saying before, rather than take the three heroes, um, buy these with your command trait or your artifact as well.
0: Yeah, like if you have a master plan and you're gonna, you know that you need a minimum of I don't know five um, warpstone sparks to execute your plan, then it's a great use. But um, it could be a bit of an overkill, and you just need to be a bit more selective of where you use the warpstone sparks. But. Um, and it is always the risk as well. You roll that one, and the and I've seen it plenty of times where wizards have killed themselves by using a warpstone spark, rolling you know, rolling that one, and then they roll three, and they've already taken a couple of wounds, chips from shooting or magic, and they pop themselves. So um, that's Scryer, right? High risk,
1: high reward. Let's plan Scryer. <laughs> Overcharge that doom rocket. <laughs> What
0: about artifacts? Do you have a favorite artifact? You've got three there. You've got Brass Orb, Vial of the Fulminator, and the Esoteric um, warp, uh, warp Resonator.
1: Um, yeah, like I said, if you... if you What what I've seen in lists is, um, I don't think we've mentioned it, but um, the Bombardier and the Ark Warlock lost the Engineer keyword, so only the actual Warlock Engineer now can, can buff your Warp Lightning Cannons, um, and he's five wounds on a five-up hero, and if you're running two, three, because the one engineer can buff each cannon if as there, many cannons that are within three inches of him. If you're running two, three, I don't know, if you're crazy man, four warp lightning cannons, um, you need to make sure that guy stays alive. Um, so you can you can use um, like Storm Vermin to bodyguard and things like that. Um, but you can also give him like the we well, with the sparks, you give him the the esoteric warp resonator and he gets the extra spark himself as well for his rerolls if he needs to use it, or he can take the vial, the fulminator to, to give those um those lightning cannons uh, an extra little bit of move. The
0: brass orb scene's popular, and I know some of them have just been people posting about trying to one-shot Marathi off the board and taking her off the table and then being able to, like, kill the other Marathi and, like, <laughs> people with their loopholes. But the brass orb generally seems popular on a three up being able to remove that hero within six inches from the battlefield and then they have to set them up again um wholly within their territory and more than nine from enemy units. What are your thoughts on brass orb if I'm thinking about, you know, taking it? Because I know I can see Jonathan in the chat's called out and said, Yep, I'm a I'm a fan a fan of this one. I don't like the um, three up because there's a chance of failing.
1: The Brass Orb, um, it's an awesome, it's it's mad fun. Um, it's one of the, the cooler artifacts I've seen. Um, it's any unit. Um, so you can send those four-inch moved dwarves back into the corner of the battle and say, you know, take another three turns to get here, something like that. Um, my issue with it is it's got to go on a really squishy hero. So there are three clan scry heroes that can take it. One's six wounds on a three up. The other two are five wounds on a five up. Um, you've got to get it within six inch. It's got to be in your hero phase, so you have to get it there, um, and then win the priority or survivor turn um, within six inches of the unit that you want to teleport. And then you got to roll the three up. So you might fail it after meeting all those really difficult conditions. Um, and it's
0: not even. And it's at the start of the hero phase, so it's not like you can teleport and do some shenanigans or you know use you know Lachlan the boatman to teleport me up the board, then throw my Pokemon ball and kind of then like there's there's a a big sequence that it has to happen. But
1: There's too many like conditions for... to make it viable, but it's one of those things, um, if you're going for a good time and you want to try and do something crazy, pull off this awesome combo, um, you go into a one-day, you just want to take a bit of a fun list or a cool item that might give you an awesome moment in the game, absolutely go for it.
0: Oh, yeah, like, you know, dragons run up at my face or, you know, more Crusher comes at me, you throw your little brass orb at them and make them disappear. I think it's pretty neat.
1: Get in the Pokeball. Yeah. <laughs> Cool.
0: Anything else you'd mention on Clan Scryer?
1: Um, I think Clan Scryer probably took a little step back in this book, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, you, I think you'll see less of them, um, but they're definitely more than viable, um, especially if you can combo them with things like Norbomb, which I'm sure we'll see shortly. Um, they're definitely still viable, but um, I think you'll be seeing less of them. Maybe because the other, all the other stuff got better as well and they, they didn't really improve. They stayed the same or maybe got a little bit worse, so... I I was going to ask,
0: like, what what made them go a little bit worse? Because their profiles, look, there were some improvements and some um, decreases in power levels and changes on rules on different war scrolls, and we're not going to be here until the cows come. If you want to see that type of in-depth analysis, I'd check out Warhammer Weekly who broke down literally war scroll, but that was also a a four-and-a-half-hour show that uh, (laughs) I just don't have time to do four-and-a-half hours of each war scroll. Do you think it, it's because Scryer generally just got worse? Is it because the meta has evolved and adapted because we are in more of a, um we're less hero monsters and less, you know, two up armor saves than we were six months ago? Do you think it's that? And like, you know, Clan Scryer had the mortal wounds to kind of chip through that. Or is there something more that's happened that maybe makes them a little bit less appealing?
1: Uh, yeah, it's, Storm Fiends don't have as many of the the targets that they want to hit. They sort of disappeared a little bit. Um, losing the reroll hits and wounds on the more, more, more warp power spell really hurts Storm Fiends. Um, the damage between six, I think you lose seven, maybe seven, eight damage than what you did before, just from that spell change, um, which can be quite an impact. Um, the Bombardier and the warlock lose the Engineer keyword, so you're forced to take Engineers. Um, you know, when you definitely want to take the other two if you could, that hurts as well. Um yeah, just those those little things I think make an impact. Um and it's not it's not the best metaphor them either, I'd say. The one unit that I really love in scryer is the Acolytes. Um I definitely recommend looking at taking those. You don't even need to take a hero with them. The sparks are nice, but you don't have to take it, I don't think. They they're pretty crazy on their own. Um that's that's the one unit I think got a bit of a glow up because they got an extra inch to their range. Um I mean, the one good thing for Scryer is because of the battle line and clan's changes, you're not forced to go full Scryer. Um, you can take to 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 get your storm fiends to 9 if that's what you want to do. You can take Clan Rats as battle line now. You don't have to take all Scryer, like so Acolytes, as battle line. So there is more options. I just think um, they're not the one of the better builds in the book anymore, in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think just the meta shift at the moment just means that you don't need as many mortal wounds as you ha- you needed in the past. Because we had a lot of, like, save stacking, a lot of ultra elite forces. And look, it, it might change a little bit. I think it's still really good value. I think there's also been enough updates, especially, like, in the Eshin range. And we'll talk about Eshin in a minute. I really like Eschen, And it's more than just the cool model of the, 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 the new Death Master. Um, I, there's some really interesting mechanics in Skaven, and I think there's more just variety. I think in the past it's been very Master Clan and Scryer. Now there's other incentives to take other things, um, and hell, even like um, even uh, Pestilence. You know, you're seeing a resurgence in Pestilence. I can see in the chat people are talking about like Plague Sensor Bearers. They slap. You, you didn't really see them very often in the old book.
1: Oh never. They were they were the hot garbage. They were just worse plague monks and now they're better plague monks. So yeah, it's funny how that changes. You'll see some a lot more plague sensor bearers for sure. And that the plague priest. Um I love taking that guy because um especially with Heart of Fury floating around, I wanna I wanna crack it getting rid of that thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I like I I played a tournament like I played a little one day uh, and um uh, that's a completely different show. But yes, having a priest it, it is very impactful. Speaking of the clan that I really like, it is Clan Eshin, and uh, it's a bit more simplified here. You've got the ability of um, Master of Murder, which at the start of the first battle round, after determining who goes first, but before, obviously, um, the first turn begins, you can pick one enemy hero on the battlefield, and you get to add one to the hit rolls and wound rolls for attacks made by friendly Clan Eshin units that target that hero. If you have three heroes that have got the clan Eshin keyword, um you get to was it uh, at start of the one to wrong. Oh, so just so so if you just got one Eshin hero, it's just it's just one. Sorry, have one Eshin hero, it means you can target one hero to get the plus one to hit, plus one to wound for um that target that hero. If I have yep. three or more Eshin heroes, it means.
1: You get to, against all the heroes in their army. You get plus one to every hero.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's pretty pretty cool. Um, again, I think it's quite flavorful. A lot of the rules in this book, uh, Skaven's been around for such a long time, and they've really, I think, built on um, the, the army plays how you think it would play. So it's basically like a you've got your secret ninja organization, and they've taken a contract to put a hit out on a on a hero, and we've got to take this guy out. So um, I, I think it's awesome. Um, it's a really cool rule, um, and who doesn't love a free one to hit and wound roll, and I love that it's only against heroes. Um, yeah, it's almost like the, the leader of the army there's a hit being a hit put out, or you, you're going behind enemy lines to take out the leader of the other army. You go in there and you get a little bonus against him.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I like it. And there's a lot of mortal wounds that can get triggered through Clan Eshin, although they're unmodified sixes to hit, so you will get more attacks through. And if you're going to, you know, run Purple Sun for the extra rend. Um, you might want to get the plus one to hit and plus one to wound. You are playing around with some interesting units. What you've got: uh, the Vermin Lord Deceiver, the Deathmaster, the new—is it the new Warband? the The Skitter Shank, uh, Skitter Pack,
1: um, which I I'm in love with. Amazing, yep.
0: Then you've also got the Gutter Runners and the Night Runners that would get the plus one to hit, plus one to wound. Um, yep. I'm being reminded by Bartik, um, friend of the channel, that Eshin's ability replies to both melee and range. So with the plus one, um, with
1: yeah, cool, okay, there you go. Yes, it's um. I'll, again, I wouldn't build a, that. Probably the only three or more bonus I build towards is Master Clan. Um, it'd be nice to have, but I would not go out of my way to get three Asian heroes for all, all heroes. Um, some armies only have one or two. There's usually one that's the most important one um, or that you're ever going to be able to get to. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be more than happy with one. I wouldn't work really hard to get three. If it happened that you took three and you got it, that's cool.
0: Ah, uh, cool. Sorry, I was, just, I was just rereading what I've written and, um, yeah, just going back to what Bartik has mentioned, is that when you have three or more Clan Eshin heroes, the plus one to hit, plus one to wound on all enemy heroes is only in melee, while if you just have one, it's for both shooting and it's, it's not melee restrictive. So that was that was what Bartik was talking about. So um, interesting pickup. I think to your point as well, I probably wouldn't run three Clan Eshin heroes unless... I was mostly running an Eshen force, and I wanted multiple, you know, Death Masters and you know the the Vermin Lord Deceiver and things like that. I
1: that mean, boost is not um, that good. yeah, this this was on my questions for fact because you're literally in some ways hurting yourself to go for three because you then your Deceiver ranged attack now um, no longer hits on twos and twos; it's back to threes and threes, right? So,
0: yeah. What what about the command traits? Like like look, it's it's it is what it is. Like it's clear as day. You get plus one to hit, plus one to wound, whether it's in melee or in all one hero or all heroes. Um, I think we both agree that it's the ability is not strong enough that would would force me to take three heroes to access it. If I happen to have three heroes, awesome. But I'm not going to go purposely build a force that wants to take advantage of this rule. What are the command traits? Where are you at with your command traits when it comes to Eshin?
1: um i love two of these um probably one of my favorite in the book and nearly every list i run um is a deceiver with incredible agility um so if you remember the scurry away rule earlier um if when a hero fights um it can retreat instead of fighting um you'll see here it gives you a general fly. so and a deceiver i think moves 14 inches so um if your deceiver is in a combat and you don't want him to fight and die um well, now I can fly over whatever surrounding him and and live to fight another day. Um, and then, even after you've done that, um, you've got you can do finest hour twice. So plus one to save twice a game, or plus one to wound when you're going for the kill. Um, oh, it's incredible! Absolutely love incredible agility. I think it's one of the best in the book. Um, and shadow master is awesome. Um, you know, the, the deceiver has this on his war scroll already. If it's it's like mirror shield, more than nine inches, you can't target him. Um, Death Master, I think, is a bit too many points at the moment. But if it sees a drop and you start to use them, um, this could this could be handy on him as well. Um, you know, make him so he can't be pinged, uh, pinged away from from long distance. The only way to kill him is in melee, so we'll just stay next to terrain. Um yeah. I'm being
0: I'm, be, I'm being reminded by the chat as well that um if you take your vermin lord so for example the deceiver which is the eshen uh, vermin lord it counts as two for your three hero choices so between the vermin lord plus um you know whether it's the um uh, the slink slink or Slanks or whatever the uh, um slink. um yeah, it's the uh, um
1: the Warps here gets counts as two for master clan um the deceiver can count as two with this um, command trait here. I think I don't think it counts as to itself. Unless no, I, but like, right, but, yeah.
0: yeah I, I'm just quickly look bringing up the the rule for that one. But if that's true, uh, and I'm just quickly having a look, um, like that that's that's a that's a great way to to get to the three if you want to get the three. Um, assuming that's right.
1: I mean, I'm running Slink and Deceiver in my in my list on the weekend, so it'd be nice to have an extra rule I didn't know I had. <laughs>
0: Well I'll, I'll check the tapes as we go along but um i think it's, if that's possible yep. great uh what about you what about your um what about your by the way like getting a hero to fly is bloody hilarious the the incredible agility like that's amazing
1: absolutely amazing
0: what about your artifacts do you have a favorite artifact
1: um all three of these are cash money honestly um Clan is my favorite clan in Skaven, so I'm, I'm very happy about this. Um, Shadow Magnet Shrinket. Um, here's uh, the last piece of my combo. Um, once per battle, you get to strike first, and it's in the combat phase, not yours. Um, so if you combine that with your incredible agility, you you can fly over whatever surrounded you, you fight first, and you run away. And their super kill unit that is... Six hundred points, a thousand points, whatever it is, Archeon charged you. Um, too bad I'll fight first and run away. And you've wasted your whole turn charging me and and come at come at that unit. So it's Shadow Magnet Trinket is amazing. In the right situation. Um game winning good. Um bombs um, the other obvious one. Sorry, you want to say something?
0: No, I was just gonna check the tapes and I've um just clarified that. On the war scroll for the deceiver, it doesn't count as two, but it's the unrivaled killer that gives us access. So it says there the general counts as two clan and heroes for the purposes of Master of Murder battle trait. So um if you want to get access to the um the, the the all heroes get the plus one hit plus one a wound against them, you're gonna have to take the command trait. It's not inherent to the deceiver. Just um yeah, just want to clarify that one.
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunately it's um, we didn't get the silvermith treatment. Not not all of our command traits and artifacts throughout the book are amazing, but there's enough good ones here to keep you keep you very happy. Um, the other one in here obviously is a norbomb if you're running the right kind of list. Um, the the norhole's changed in this book that you can teleport through each norhole, so essentially you can get three teleports. Um, if you turn something into a norbomb, you can get four teleports. Um, worth keeping in mind that you can only go through each norhole once, but they can all come out. At, at the same nor hole. So you can have um, three units go through three different nor holes, you make a terrain and gnaw bomb, and three units suddenly appear around that that, nor- that terrain piece that you turned into a gnaw hole. And um, it doesn't
0: require a hero anymore, does it? It used to, it used to require a hero to activate the gnar hole. Now it doesn't, right?
1: Yeah, that changed again. It never used to, then they then it changed to you needing a hero, and now that's gone again. Um, so just hold it six and the movement phase, and, and in your hop, and out you come. Um so the obvious the obvious combo that you can see with this one is this is what you use with your storm fiends to get them in the into position. Um they can, you know, zone out your holes all they want so you can't send your storm fiend through the norholes. but um but when the whole board every piece of train on the, the board can become a norhole, then um those storm fiends are, are getting into range to use those rattling guns um at two damage, which are uh, pretty tasty. <laughs>
0: I will, I will go back for a second and talk about the command traits. I think for me, if I'm going to pick one from Clan and it, it's incredible agility. Um, not for the ability to fly. I think fly is great and it'll be helpful um, to, to get your model to where it needs to be. But it's a second part where I can access the finest hour twice. I think that is an interesting ability. Um, it's such, you know, finest hour is so good. Um, getting it twice um, in the right list with the right hero is, you know, potentially a chef's kiss.
1: Yeah, um, like I said, my combo is incredible agility with Shadow Magnet Trinket. It make your Deceiver fly, so it doesn't matter if he's surrounded. Uh, you pop fight first, and then you use the late disability Scurry away. Um, so basically, you get one turn of uh, you can't kill this Deceiver because um, he's he's fighting first and he's running away. So it's yeah, you can do some really cool things. Um, the other interesting thing with Nord Bomb is it uh, Holes are impassable now because um, they're defensible terrain or whatever it's called. Um, so it's been around for a while now because they've had that rule for a bit, but um, but I want to. I'm hoping in the fact they address this because it's been around for a while. But um, if something's garrisoned inside a defensible terrain and you turn it into a no hole that's impassable, what happens, right? So Ooh. that's a pretty cool, cool little, uh, uh, yeah, mind. To, it'll blow your mind trying to figure it out because there's no answer, but
0: yeah. And speaking of no holes, um, they no longer are were they deadly to in the past they were deadly or sinister they did something to your opponent they're no they that's been shut off yeah it's just pure plus one to cast the telebush stuff
1: um yeah so what nor holes give you now is that's gone uh they give you plus one to cast spell and unbind or plus one to your prayers um the big thing with nor holes is it's within three inches it's not like terrain we've got to be an inch next to it it's three inches so it's pretty pretty crazy so good
0: didn't it used to be six though didn't you have to be within six it's been tightened up
1: uh, No, I think it used to be within an inch like it was actually this narwhole gets the gets the Arcane scenery rule but now it's like its own rule and it, it's three inches away instead of an inch so it's pretty amazing honestly um, you can get those heroes a bit, bit more flexible where you can put them so
0: I had, I had actually a narhole with an opponent um, recently where they were in a bubble for both Arcane and um, a narhole so getting plus two to the cast the jerk
1: um before yeah, we move it's on these days now actually yeah and um, the other cool thing is that the pestilence great plagues are uh just on the roll they're not unmodified roll so if you get within range of a norhall and a mystical you're plus two to your cast and then you need a four for your great plague so it's pretty cool
0: Joel, don't ruin Christmas. We haven't gotten to Pestilence yet. Oh, sorry. I'm um, getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> opening up Christmas before opening up the present before Hussein has come along. Um, quick question from Flip the Bacon Do you think Emerald Life Swarm is a good use in Skaven? And um, they love the idea of bringing six clan rats back. Um, thoughts on Emerald Life Swarm in general for Skaven?
1: Um, I think there's better options, personally. Um, a lot of the Endless Bells got to glow up, and Emerald Life Swarm. Um, got a bit of a nerf I guess because it doesn't double tick when it only um, heals now when it moves not when it's set up um, it did get plus 2 to its range for when it heals so you got a 3 inch heal now so in the past you, you might not be able to get it within an inch because something's in a fight You've got a bit more range you might be able to reach what you want to heal now but um, I'd be looking elsewhere for endless spells I think unfortunately there's there's better options and there's some amazing options for this army in particular so um, yeah probably probably not unfortunately but it's still a good spell absolutely it's, it's still worth it but um i would be looking elsewhere for skaven
0: and if i was bringing Life swarm it's probably not towards um clan rats because clan rats are always bringing back models at the end of was it the battle shock phase i'm bring i'm probably going to be healing up my my big unit of storm fiends i'm bringing back some more of my punchier units as opposed to um, clan rats, but you do you run what you want to run. There's a great plethora of just you know, whether it's gnashing jaws, uh, Geminids, Purple Sun, uh, lucky the Boatman. If you're taking wall is a, a great combination. Um, there's a lot of really good endless spells right now. That, uh,
1: um, yeah, it's definitely a, a magic and a magic Dom army in some ways. So, um, Cogs is incredible in this army as well. Yeah, Cogs
0: is a good one as well. So either way, you've got a lot of good choices. You do you. Uh, anything else when it comes to Eshin?
1: Um, I think a lot of lists will have pieces of Eshin in them. I wouldn't go purely to Eshin, um, but it's it's a, it's great to include, you know, Deceiver is one of the – it's a support hero. It does can do good damage, but it's a support hero, one of the best support pieces in the book. It does so much for the army. So a lot of times you'll deceive – yeah maybe one or two units of Eshin, maybe some night runners to give you a pregame move to screen something off, um, keep that alpha strike away if Iron jaws or something becomes um, really popular in your area or whatever tournaments you attend, for example. So, um, and go to runners for that deep strike and try and model something off. So, yeah, I think a lot of armies will include pieces of Eshin. Um, you can definitely run an all Eshin army if that's that's your jam and, and you'll have a great time and, and can do quite well. But, um, yeah, I definitely think you'll, you'll see a lot of Eshin units as one or two units in each army.
0: I think even just taking like night runners or gutter runners. I think the, having some unit versatility. I love the I love the idea of running not one unit of night runners being able to pre-game move. Especially um, if you are going to be high drop and your opponent's not going to. You know, you're not going to get the chance of who's going first. If your opponent is going to be one of these termite in your faces, you know, Nurgle flies, for example, or the or the um, the Sylvaneth Bugs, they want to get the, the, the free pre-game like 12-inch move up, and then they're going to move another, you know, 12 inches or whatever it works out to be. You know, you can use those Night Runners to push them back, to keep them at bay and, you know, get them to avoid your your juicy, squishy center.
1: Yeah, Skavens, um, it doesn't take allies. You only take allies if you've got a Pestilence General, and that's only Nurgle. So these are your guys, you're only access to a pre-game move um, and for 90 points, you're happy you're happy to throw them away to keep something more important alive. So yeah, Night Run is absolutely a good shout out.
0: Yeah. And by the way, you know, I agree with Bartik, you know, Purple Sun and the the the, the lunchbox. I call him the Uber driver. Um, they're probably the first two endless spells I'd be picking if I Um I
1: I prefer Geminids as my choice um, with um with Um Thank Mulder.
0: Um, what have we got in Mulder?
1: Sorry, I think I'm slagging a bit. Um yeah, my, just, just on that point, my choice with Thankful would be Geminids, but I'll, I'll touch on that further when, when we go through my list, I think, at the end. Um, but, yeah, don't write off Geminids. Yeah, and we, um, will go,
0: we will go through your list. We will go through your list at the end.
1: Awesome. Cool. Um, I'll touch on it there then. Um, cool. So so Mulder, um, it's an interesting one, Mulder. Um, I'm not sure on, on where this is going to fall. Um, I've heard lots of varying opinions on this is straight trash to this is amazing and it will... It will dominate. Um, I could depend on the meta as well. Um, if we turn into big horde metas, then yeah, these guys—they'd um, love that. They go pretty crazy. Um, but I, I kind of see them as the same as Eshin. Um, I think a lot of lists you'll see rad ogres. One unit of two or four rad ogres with a master molder for that that master clan ability we talked about earlier. Um, they've got cheap bodies. Um, rad ogres do pack a bit of a punch as well um and master models on a three up can bring them back to life so that's what i think you'll see a lot of um i'm not sure i, I think master Model takes a very specific person and a lot of their sculpts are quite old which is my knock yeah. on them um they really need a line update um i've been looking unfortunately at 3d prints just because i'd rather run gw but they won't update the models and and for some reason we don't get isle of blood rad ogres anymore which i'd like to play with so um that's where i've been looking but yeah, that's, that's sort of how I feel, unfortunately. They, they really need a bit of love, a bit, bit of a line update.
0: You raise a good point. I think for me, when I look at um, Clan Mulder in general, I think I like some of the options. I like the idea of using potentially giant rats. I like the idea of using potentially um, rat ogres. Um, Mulder has some good things that you can tap into. Whether it's you know rat swarms, um, there's a whole bunch of good things. Right? It depends on how you build and what you want to build around. But would I specifically start looking at the Hell Pit Abomination? I look at the hell pit and look, it's got 14 wounds. It has a 2d6 move. It has a, a save of five up. Um, it has some interesting things you can possibly do. It heals. It's, you know, it, it ignores specs of effects of spells and endless spells on a four. Then you can obviously add these, um, these mutations to the, to the hell pit. Is this enough for me to take a hell pit? Probably not. Now, if you love your hell pits, run your hell pits, but, i'm personally not sold um and, and as you said maybe it's the meta
1: yeah for those that don't know um the, the big thing with the hell pit is it's um it's avalanche of flesh so um, when it goes to fight you roll a dice for each model within three inches and on a two-up it takes a mortal wound obviously you can see there's uh, a mutation there called quivering Bulk, so it as one to the roll so basically makes it a one-up. So every unit or every model in three inches takes a mortal wound for a unit. So if like hordes become big or you're running into a bunch of witch elves or something like that or zombies, um, it's like, cool. Um, yep. Whatever's in three inches, cool. You're dead. <laughs> so that could be really cool if that becomes a really big thing. Um, I reckon you'd love that one, Coach, with your witch elves. But um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think they're quite there to include um, this as a, as a piece in your army, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, like if I was going to run one, I think the 2d6 move makes me a little bit nervous. Um, You know, what I want to do with it, you know, is it potentially something that's good, it sits in the backfield and maybe protects my backline as the rest of my force moves forward or is teleporting around with gnar holes? Maybe. And then maybe I go with the toughness and get the extra wounds and the the better save, and that's a real tanky piece in the backfield. Um, Would I use it as a threat? Like I think it's just better there's just better options. Um but hey, if I'm a, a passionate clan molder person, you do you run all the hell pits, um run all the master molder stuff and get pack rat masters. Packs, but, giant rats. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think rat ogres are probably the best thing in molder.
1: Easy, yeah, easy. And your master mold is good too, because he obviously he's a support piece like we've been we've covered a few times. Um your combos and your power pairs, that's one of the better um, power pairings in the book um because not uh, we talked about the plus 3 to run and charge but that buff also gives them plus 1 to wound as well um so they'll be wounding on 2s um so yeah pretty 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 amazing um you can take a pack master to do that if you're low on points so the pack masters you get 3 for 65 they're just a unit they're not heroes so you're not having to, to waste a hero slot um and they will give you the 3 plus 3 to run charge and wound um the master moulder has an extra ability for his 90 points he takes up a hero slot which you might want to help fill out a, a battalion, um, and on a three-up, when they the first time they die on a three-up, they come back. So that's a it's a really powerful combination.
0: Is there any artifacts or command traits that you um, would like out of these? Like, for example, artifacts. If you were going to take a Molder faction, and look, they're, they're they're heroes in general as well. Like, I wonder, are they even worth putting an artifact on to begin with?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you'd really be looking at these um, if you're running a whole molder army. Um, although the the Rabid Crown um, is an interesting take because um, obviously you're going to have your, your your Master Mulder. He's um, the only one that can take it. He's going to be up behind your Rad Ogres. Um, he's he's whipped them, so he's given them plus three to run, charge and wound. This gives them plus one to hit um, if you want to use your all-out attack somewhere else. And then those Rad Ogres are on twos and twos, sixes explode um and then i think the neg one two damage um quite a few attacks each i can't remember off top of my head but um really really good really punchy um so that can you know guarantee that the plus one to hit so you can save it elsewhere or or if you get roared or things like that so that that's probably the only one i'd i like here um but um a couple of other ones are quite good if you're running a full molder list um for example the, the the molder supreme can be pretty handy um to give add one to hit and wound is probably within 13 so if you're running a again it gets better if you're running a whole mold list so that's probably the only time you really look at things like that yeah um, and,
0: and, and i'm uh, and i'm mentioning these joel because some people might want to go all molder or heavy molder for some people like look yeah if i'm if i'm building a bit of a mixed force i'm probably not going to put my one artifact on the molder but if i'm going towards a full molder then yeah like calling that out
1: this is um this is where i think you can see that maybe they've they haven't put as much time and effort into this book as they could have because the horde master command trait is exactly the same as what the master molder has on his war scroll already. So it's like, why, why is this here? Like it, it's literally, I have this already on the war scroll. It doesn't do any, it literally does nothing. So why is it, why is it here? So it's, it's, it's odd, very odd, bit disappointing, I guess, but yeah, it is what it is.
0: I do like foul hide as an artifact, being able to turn the bearer into a wounds characteristic of 10, which is pretty cool. And then it gets to heal one wound uh, at the start of your hero phase. Um, a good call out from Hannah in the chat is that the, uh, help it abominations can go through now So you
1: know, if it...
0: pop pop you through a now hole. Then if you use your, uh, your master clan ability to kind of get some sexy, uh, rule, uh, run, uh, charge replacements, um, Maybe there's something in there. Maybe there's some secret um, tech that I haven't thought about.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. There's, there is reliable ways to, t- to get around the 2d6 movement, which can be a bit frustrating. Um, the foul hide, I think, would be so much better if it was 9 wounds instead of 10, because then you lose all the cool things that you get when you're less than 10 wounds.
0: I was going to call that out. I was going to say that, you know, when you do yeah. move to the 10 characteristic, it does change some of the interactions, so... um yeah, good call. Good call. Anything else from Mulder? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, it's ultimately fo- focused on buffing the Hell Pits. Unfortunately, um, there are some other boosts, but, you know, like, a lot of your allegiance is tied into a unit that you might not run or you might not run a lot of in a competitive sense.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating because the allegiance ability only works on one unit, um, and it's not the the unit that you would be wanting to run from Mulder. It's it's the Rad Ogres that you'd be looking at, Um so a lot of the times you you'll take that and you'll get no benefit from from this. Unfortunately, um, if you're that crazy guy that wants to run four hell pits and a bunch of little rat rat packs all over the place, um, look, it's cool. Uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a good time. Um, you know you know what you're there for. Um, I think the thing you'll see a lot of from Moulder is your rat ogre and your master Moulder combination. That's that's what you're gonna see a lot of.
0: Agreed, agreed. And red ogres have become popular, which is which is um very po- yeah, which is great. It's just a shame that yeah, the Isle of Blood ogres are probably the better ones of the, the two red ogre varieties. Another clan yeah. that I'm not that big of a fan of, and maybe uh, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on them, which is the clan Verminus. Seems as someone else mentioned in the chat earlier, a little vanilla. So your clan Verminus, which is what your uh, Vermin Lord Warbringer, your claw lord. Um, spikes claw, any swarm, clan rats and your storm vermin. So you've got the mighty warlord so um, it's a heroic action that can be used for a friendly claw lord. Um, if you do so the eligible command trait from page 70 to 71 law so you get an extra, pick an extra command trait for a heroic action.
1: You get extra command trait for heroic action. yeah it's only from the basically saying you only pick a verminous command trait um, to do it with. Um, Verminus, um, you know, they're kind of the, the guys that, um, provide all the troops for all the other clans, so we need some little dudes are going to die here, has some clan rats. Um, so they're, yeah, the most populous of the, of the clans, I guess. Um, there is a bit of, um, secret and hidden tech in, in Verminus, um, which, um, doesn't sort of jump out at first. Um, probably the biggest hammer in, in, in the book, um, can be the Warbringer, um, for example, when you take the the just the the generic command trait that all all heroes get access to for plus two attacks, um, you juice him up with um, and he's got two profiles, um, and you put flaming weapon on him because the the vermin lords can only take generic spell law, so flaming weapon, levitate, etc. Um, yeah, that guy can um, get pretty punchy. Um, and the Warbringer is also a great take because he gives you access to. Um, dreaded death frenzy dreaded, i think yeah, it's called i was,
0: it. I was, I was about, yeah i was about to call that out it's the dreaded death frenzy um uh spell which uh is successfully cast on a seven Pick three d3 friendly scaven units wholly within range until the next hero phase until your next hero phase um they can fight uh before they die so if they get slain they get to fight so um that's that's pretty good and you look yeah you're right like the vermin lord does slap like you know it's got some good rand you know the spike fist uh, wounds on a two up it has a five up ward uh you can reroll wound rolls for attacks um within 13 inches of three or more skaven units Double do cast the re-roll,
1: up. Which is pretty amazing um you combine that with the Warpstone charm so it gives neg one to save to everything within three inches so whatever it's fighting um so the guy can get pretty crazy punchy um we we're talking about the Arc Warlock being a bit of a, you know, a tiny hero that you can just sort of launch. It's a bit of a missile towards something. Um, you can do that with the Clawlord, pretty, pretty um, successfully as well. Um, you can get, you can get that guy going pretty crazy with a few buffs. So, yeah, Verminus definitely has has some play for sure. Um, and a few of these things in here can also apply to to Storm Vermin. Um So they don't look like much at first, but they can get pretty pretty crazy once you layer on a couple of buffs.
0: So, for example, like, like if I just break down this allegiance ability, so let's say, for example, I'm going to pick my general as the uh, the Verminous Warbringer, and I want it to have the Savage Overlord um, command trait, which uh, if, uh, I, I, well, uh, if a Friendly Skaven unit within three inches of the general fails a battle shock... Um, if you do so if it hasn't okay so basically let's say i pick savage overlord as my command trait if i activate the mighty warlord allegiance ability or the allegiance ability via the heroic action it means i could then tap into the devious adversary for the plus two attacks in addition to having savage overlord in that turn is that
1: right yeah absolutely yeah. um yeah you can have it doesn't say you can only have one command trait like you know you know both so um Definitely stack those up. And things like powerful alpha is pretty amazing as well. Um, you think Manfred's ignore the first one is pretty powerful. This this little fella gets ignored too, or you will bring her as well. So they're all they're all so, quite so good, I think.
0: And then if I have three or more claw lords, um, then um, all of my the current heroic action friendly claw lords that are one, the same command trait cannot be picked. Uh, okay, so I couldn't I couldn't put devious adversary on all three of my heroes. Um, it just means that I, I could get basically a whole bunch of extra command, tra- command traits, but I can't double up on command traits still.
1: Yeah, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> you could do something a bit crazy there, so.
0: I was just thinking, like, if you had three three heroes, uh, three Claw Lords tapping into Devious Adversary, like, that's that could be brutal, especially if you're using a, a bunch of, like, Warbringers.
1: Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some play in verminous for sure. I was, you could you you can mix these guys. You can go pure verminous and you can have a lot of success. So um, I don't think I don't find them that vanilla myself. I think there's definitely some 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 tech in there that when you have a bit of a look and you and you put it all together um, and you start to paint the picture. Um, yeah, you can really juice up those heroes. Juice up your storm um, your storm vermin. You know, put things like Scave and brew and that on them, um, and then the reroll wounds from your Warbringer, things like that. Yeah you can um, you can put in work. They're, they're pretty punchy.
0: Is, is powerful alpha the command trait that you would take?
1: Uh, it Depends on the build. Like, for example, if you're running big hordes, like your 60 blocks of clan rats we talked about before, or you're running your 30 blocks of storm vermin because you can make them into a really good hammer unit and um, you're worried about things like, uh, like it might not be your first pick, but for things like heroic action, if you're versus a nighthorn army, with that flexibility, my heroic action is going to be, claw lord gets this then even if i can't inspiring presence i've got access to things like this um so my first pick would yeah would be devious adversary most of the time for the plus two attacks um the i don't think the bodyguard one is super important um so yeah the the, ignore the first two wounds is is really strong it's it's really powerful ability so that'd be your go-to for a verminous command trait for sure
0: does um, I'm just as I'm talking to you, I'm just scrolling through looking for the clan rats um, timing. So I was just curious, like if I use the clan verminous savage overlord. Let's say like I've suffered a bunch of battle shock with my clan rats. Um, mm-hmm. I use savage overlord. They don't fail the battle shock test, but they take D three mortal wounds. Is the sequence they take the mortal wounds and then they can heal back D three? um or is it the other way around like i'm just trying to look for when the activation is of the different rules
1: um so this happens when you fail a battle shock rule so the battle shock rule you take the battle shock test in the battle shock phase um and the clan rats heal at the end of the battle shock phase that's what i wanted to know yeah you take the d3 first so if you if you got two left and you roll a roll three or four then you're a little bit sad i guess
0: thank you that i was trying to look for when the activation was of the clan rats returning was it in the battle shock at the start is it at the end was it like yeah, the when end was off. it so cool so it means i can take the d3 mortals not fail um not fail the battle shock test because i'm using savage overlord then yep. i can heal back some clan rats um so yeah cool. sure. roll low, roll low there and roll high on the regeneration
1: this for some reason the the regen clan rats rule. I forget every game. I'm going to start writing it on my hand or something because it's pretty it's pretty powerful. But I always forget that for some reason.
0: What about your artifacts? If you were going to go clan verminous for an artifact, do you have a favorite? I think I've got one.
1: Yeah, the warpstone charm I talked about before. Um, because if you if you're running your your verminous heroes, you, you're juicing them up to be punchy, um, and. Taking basically adding an extra ren to your weapons, um, and it's, it's not just the hero that punches them, it's everything within three. So, if you've got another unit next to that next to your hero that's about to swing, it, it works on them too. So, um, yeah, Warpstone Charm is definitely the, the clear winner for me, but um, Rust Cursed Armor isn't bad either.
0: And good reminder from the Dark Prince is that things like, you know, Death Frenzy, for example, do last until your next hero phase. So it can be a good defensive mechanism um, to avoid like double turns or, you know, obviously keeping your buffs on until um, your next turn. So, you know, something to keep in
1: mind. And, um, I really. De- Death Frenzy also was one of those spells that didn't change the holy within. So if you were to Satan win 13 inches, cool, have Death Frenzy. So um, yeah, it's pretty powerful.
0: I don't mind the shield of distraction, if I'm being honest. Um, the, the bearer cannot be picked as a target um, of a combat attack by more than one uh, unit per phase. So depending on, you know, what I put it on or what I want to do with it, I actually don't mind that
1: one. Um, it's not bad. I, I personally think it's a it's a little bit of a trap um, mm-hmm. just because the units that you're putting, if you put it on a claw lord is going to die to most things. Um, the things that you're going to send in to kill your, your Warbringer aren't going to be a lot of MSU units. You're going to be sending in your, your big your big hammer unit that you put in your army to try and take care of him. Um, so I don't... Yeah, I, I personally would prefer the other ones, um, but in certain situations, say, for example, Nighthaunt, that want to charge you with six, seven, eight units to stack their, their debuffs, that's obviously amazing against things like Nighthaunt. So there's definitely play in it.
0: It is combat attacks. It doesn't stop anyone shooting the hero off. Yes, there'll be minus one penalties and things like that, but um, they can still be popped. So yeah, I think you know, yeah. if you're building your, your warbringer, you probably want to go as, as offensive as possible. Um, I can see I can see why you might go for some of the other options personally, but well I um, mean,
1: um the storm vermin, you don't need the vermin's feller command trait, they've got the bodyguard built in. So it's quite defensive already. So that way I think in your artifacts and your other command traits you can go a bit more offensive because you might have a big block of storm vermin just sitting behind him, then that's gonna keep him alive well enough.
0: I had that against I had that last week. I had a block of thirty storm <laughs> vermin. Plus, it was a jerk. Luckily, I had Marathi and my cauldron, and I got to fight in the hero phase as well. And Marathi was able to carve through, but it was a lot of work to get through thirty. Um, and, you know, my poor opponent was trying to pull back. So, as they were pulling back the storm vermin, um, you know, you could potentially pull out and 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 um, and then rally if you're lucky enough to get the the double turn. So, um, if you want to get yourself out of combat and then kind of bring them back, or you know, remove from the brack and keep them um, within uh, within ward bodyguard range. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else you'd call out with verminous?
1: Um, uh, common theme in this book. I, t- I take a few pieces of verminous in my list. Um, for example, if I was running the scry list, I'd be taking maybe some storm vermin to bodyguard your engineers to keep them alive, things like that. Uh, but I do think this is one of the clans where you could go full clans verminous if that was your your thing, um, and do quite well. Um, I think there's a lot of strength in this um, in this clan for sure.
0: Uh, Dark Prince also making a good point is um, that Savage Overlord is not a one use only command trait, so you could daisy chain and protect all of your units if you're within three inches um, from Bale Shock. So okay, it's a good call. It's yeah, good that's comment, really eh? cool. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't actually say pick one friendly Skaven unit that would fail a battle shock. So if you had something with a generous base, again, your your warp's uh, your vermin lord, and it's within two, uh, three inches of two units, then you could use it twice.
1: Um and the units that you're gonna be using on are you know most of the time gonna be twenty five mil bases, so it is quite easy to daisy chain back. So yeah, that's really good pickup, man. That's a really good spot. I could yeah. definitely see Ooh. some play.
0: Really good shout. Uh, then we have the Great Wall of Text, which is um, the Clan Pestilence. So there's two things first. First off, your allegiance ability is based on these Great Plagues. So uh, when you make a chanting roll for friendly Clan Pestilence priests, um, you have to add one to the chanting roll for each other friendly Clan Pestilence wholly within 13 of the chanter. In addition, if the chanting roll for the prayer is a 6+, plus plus meaning it can be modified um, you can pick one of the following great plagues to manifest in addition to each of the prayers each great plague can only be manifested once per battle and no more than one great plague can manifest in the same turn so we talked earlier about the gnar being able to add plus one to your prayer and your chanting so it's probably not going to be hard to get that six up down to what a four or a three
1: you can get it on a two-up if you take enough, And then you can take the the high, I think it's called high priest, generic command trait to re-roll your prayer. So you can almost guarantee you're getting a great plague on your first turn. Um, and one of the great plagues um, is obviously to re-roll your chanting rolls. So you, you basically guarantee that. Then all your priests get to re-roll all their chanting rolls for the rest of the game. And then you've got three or four. If you're building into it, you're going to have three or four priests. So surely one of those guys is going to roll a four, five, six up, depending on how close they are, and you can almost guarantee to get a great plague every turn. So um, that could be a really fun build for sure.
0: And what you do probably find is clan pestilence is probably the one that rewards you the most by going mono faction or as, as close to mono, especially as you've mentioned having multiple priests to be able to improve the chanting rolls and 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 hit off the is it the never plague where it allows you to re-roll chanting rolls for Friendly Pestilence, then being able to do things like Redmore to basically turn one of your opponent's models against them, themselves, or their their, their army. Um, there's a lot of good yeah, prayers yeah. in there.
1: The Redmore Plague is one of those things that I think will attract a lot of people. It can give you that one amazing moment in your game that you're going to remember from it, uh, where you take control of one of their key heroes and they turn around and bonk off one of their units. Um, yeah, it, that's a really cool one. I'm I'm glad that stayed in.
0: So I'm going to read it out, and Joel, tell me what it means to you. So if you pick the Red Moor Plague, which is the Great Plague, um, you pick uh, the, the nearest enemy hero within thirty inch, inches of the Chancer. Um, that hero is infected with the Red Moor Plague for the rest of the battle. If several heroes are, you know, you basically just find what's the closest. Um, at the start of the combat phase, if that affected hero is within three inches of other units from your opponent's army and not within three inches of a skaven army um you can treat that hero as a friendly unit until the end of that combat phase what does that mean
1: um so so to me it means it basically becomes a part of your army and use it as part of your army for that that phase i've seen the argument that it's still your opponent's unit it's just friendly for you so it's still friendly to your opponent's units at the same time so can it actually attack your opponent's units or not because they're still friendly units um so i think uh, hopefully they address that in the fac um i'm i'm not sure myself i'm i'm not uh, <laughs> over that one in in terms to it's a bit of a rules lawyer one i guess it's 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 very hard to dig through the weeds and find the answer but that's how i would play it um is that well, otherwise it doesn't do that much for you right i guess it you're already no, outside three of it so you're not gonna fight so you're taking control of it does nothing so yeah, i feel like seems- the intent of it is it can fight your opponent's units but um, some people are gonna argue the other way.
0: Seems pretty clear to me that if you're within three inches, if you're not within three inches of if you do the red more plague on the enemy hero and it's not within three inches of a Skaven unit, but it is within three inches of someone else in their army, then they're gonna smash themselves. Like that's it's pretty simple.
1: I mean, the rule says it can't be within three inches of any any of your units, right? So you taking control of it. it's not like it's stopping it from hitting your units because you can't be within range of it anyway. So um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I hope they address it so um, it avoids any arguments. But um, but it's not. Yeah, I, I would say there's not a clear answer. Rules is written at the moment, so um, they, they could have written that one a little bit better. Cool.
0: But in, in, in top of all of that, like so you obviously got access to your Great Plagues, being able to get the, the re-roll to the prayers, which is great. Um, there are also extra prayer laws that are going to come up in a minute. So you've got access to more prayers and maybe why you want to get multiple um, Pestilence Priests in your army to obviously get your, your boost to your chance um, as well as access to the Great Plague. But you do have some extra command traits and artifacts and we'll get to spells and prayers in a minute. Do you have a favorite command trait and artifact?
1: Um I'm not a huge fan of the command traits. Um I'd rather have the, the generic reroll than add one to channing. Um the the play claw is a bit of a joke of a unit, unfortunately. Um uh, it's been discussed before, but it's one attack that does D6 damage. So adding one damage to one attack is pretty, pretty average. I feel like they wrote damage instead of attack here. If it had, if it added one to the attacks of the plague claw to make it two attacks, then you, then definitely you could, you could think about it. But right as it is now, it's absolutely useless. Um, the Ridden with poxes again. It, I've seen some people use this with their plague furnace because it is quite hard to kill, and you can make it a mortal wound machine. Um, between its sense swinging around, um, and then the, the artifact that does mortal wounds as well um, at the start of the combat phase. So you, you can, you know, chunk it up to be a, a big mortal wound bomb. Um, so that one's kind of cool, but I'd be looking at generics or, or other other command traits from other parts of the, the army. Um, the Blade of Corruption um, is incredible on your Corruptor, uh, especially if you run things like DB's Adversary plus two attacks. So... Um, people that don't know, the Corruptor is 2d6 attacks. Um, so to be able to guarantee an extra two attacks on 2d6 um, sort of insulates you from a bad roll. And gives you more chance to um, roll those sixes to wound for neg three, rend six damage, which is obviously <laughs> crazy, like, incredible. If you spike on that, like, my God, you'll take take anything off. Um, the Fum- Fumigatus, or oh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Obviously with the, the Plague Furnace, I think you could do a little Mortal Wound, cool little Mortal Wound thing there, but I wouldn't look at it. Um, Traverse of living cyst is really cool and like I think one of the best memes in the game um, so it gives you a strike first um, and starting from the second uh, battle round um, you can send this artifact to another clan pestilence hero um, now there's no range on that um, so your corrupter you put the blade of corruption on him um, so he's a you know a big big hitter and then your Plague Priest that's sitting in the corner just lobs this artifact like 60 inches across the board to your Corruptor that's gone through the Um, You know, starting quarterback for the, the New York Giants, this uh, Plague Priest, hurls uh, this artifact across, and then he gets to strike first. So uh, that one can be uh, amazing as well.
0: The other consideration is that um, you must transfer it, but if you've only got one Pestilence Hero, then it can't, tr- it can't send it to another Clan Pestilence Hero. So if you want to avoid... The, the, as you mentioned, the running quarterback passing it on, then just pick one hero and, um, and, and use it.
1: Yeah. And you just, you know, you just time it right. So when you're, if you're running the Corruptor, he's a combat hero. Obviously, he's going to make the best use of this. You, you send it to him on, on the important turn.
0: And, you know, as Reflex Dog is talking about, um, Reflex Dog Training is mentioning Plague, plague Sensor Bearers. If any faction, if any part of this book got a glow up, it's Pestilence. I was around back in the day when Pestilence was its own book, before the Skaven book, and Pestilence slapped. It slapped hard. <laughs> I feel like it started to come back, and you are going to see, and I think it was Vince Ventrella who called it out in his stream. He was mentioning that the, um, the profile of the Plague sen- Sensor Bearers is almost like it's very close to the annihilators in stormcast yes you can't drop from the sky and 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 get a re-rollable seven inch charge but you know it will slap it will slap hard
1: i mean it's a they're amazing and just the base war scroll in itself is amazing then the buffs you can put on top of them are so mental um just remember things we've covered scaven brew death frenzy um there'll be a prayer coming up that you can there's two prayers coming up that you can put on them um like, you can get them up to, I think, six attacks on twos, twos, neg one, two damage, and they fight. They do the same on death, so... Um, yeah, plus
0: one attack when they charge, and they get plus one to wound if they're within 18 inches of plague monks, and you, know, you get subtract <laughs> you get subtract one for wound rolls for attacks made against them, like, far out. Like, they, they are going to be a popular... Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, talk about plague sensor bearers.
1: I've got I've got ten. Um, I would love to own like thirty or forty. Like you'll you see armies with thirty or forty of them. Um, yeah, they're they're so good. It's and you've never seen them before. They've always been bad, so it's cool that um you might actually see these guys. I, I don't mind the sculpt. A lot of people hate on it, but I don't mind it. I think it's cool.
0: One call out and then a question. Bartik mentioning good, really good point. Um, one of the things with Redmore that you can be really beneficial is tapping into some of those once per game abilities. You could. Potentially do it to Dark Master if you're able to get into Ky- uh, into Kairos, into Bellacore and be able to take over the Dark Master if they hadn't spent it already. If, you know, something like Aether Quartz or Kairos's um, re-rolls, um, or, sorry, being able to change dice rolls. All of those things that uh, are available, even if you can't take them over and fight in the hero phase um, or fight in general you know, you can, you can use Red more to do some of these things. So a good call out here, Bartik. Thank you for, for mentioning that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And unfortunately on Bellicor he pops out in the opponent's hero phase. So um, that's a no-go, yeah. but I'm absolutely on Kairos or, or yeah, heroes, um, at Lumineth. It's only heroes, unfortunately. So um, your Lumineth heroes running the Athe Courts could be cool. Um, was impactful as Kairos, obviously, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can really mess with the opponent's plans doing that. Red ball Plagues, yeah, so cool. Good fun.
0: Is there any Nurgle units that you would take? I mean, that's very thematic, right? You know, Pestilence are very Nurgle y. Would you bring any Nurgle units into the mix um, for Clan Pestilence? I can only think of one, um, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, it's. um, I'm I'm not sure they really work because the issue with Nurgle um, is the ward um used to be on the war scroll now it's in the allegiance abilities so you're paying for things you don't have access to anymore um the one i've seen people talk about is maybe nerglings um so that 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 could be an option but from what i've looked at there wasn't really i saw much much interest in unfortunately um yeah like you know flies could be cool um you're gonna run a lot of priests and you are probably going to have a curse on one of those priests so maybe um yeah your, your plague drones um with their shooting with bulk attacks um, you could look, but again, it's if they had the five ward on the war scroll, I'd be like, yeah, cool, let's try some Nurgle. But uh, for me, they just, they just lose too much shot on the... You're paying points for things you don't get anymore, basically. So,
0: And if you're picking Nurglings because you want to be able to pull out a, a model in the opponent's territory through the terrain piece, it begs the question, are you better off just taking gutter on us?
1: Abso- exactly. And um, Skaven... Oh, probably one of the best books in the game in regards to moving units around the board through teleports and shenanigans so do you really need another one probably not
0: liam yes it is like i can i can say the, the Skaven pestilence book is back in the day I there's og like first edition <laughs> stuff where stormcast had like a book that was purely for like what is it, essentially forminators like the is it chamber excelsius or whatever it was like there's some bizarre it seems like 84 years bartik 100 percent right but pestilence in general has data definitely glow up um the um your uh yeah it's a whole bunch of good things from pestilence um and i think you're going to see a lot more pestilence focused armies um in the future
1: i think um a number of, a lot of people were sad that plague bunk stayed at 10 not didn't go to 20 um which kind of sucks, yeah, because obviously you're 20 or you're 30 max. Um, but they're, I think they're still really good. Um, just by the way of buffs, you can layer on them. You can still make them into a, a really punchy unit.
0: But you could only, like, even in the old book, you could only go up to a maximum. I think Plague Monks only ever went up to a maximum of 40. So it's yeah, not 40. like you ever had, like, you ever had a horde of 60. So, um, you know, you could go, like, the gloom spike kits where they're, like, jumping on 15s or whatever. But anyway um pestilence overall looks good um and it kind of complements the the moving over to the fact that you do also have prayers both your gray has spells scryer has spells and pestilence has uh, pestilence has prayers um i think this the the Grey seer ones are are, are no-brainers skiddle leap and death frenzy are both cracking spells to choose would you agree with that
1: um, so my list, I've purchased a spell enhancement to give all my Master Clan Skiddle Leap and Death Frenzy. So, um, yeah, that should tell you that, um, yes, <laughs> it's very handy to have access to both of these spells at all times. They're, they're amazing, for sure.
0: What do you like about Skiddle Leap?
1: Um, Skittle Leap, it just gets your hero anywhere on the board. It's in the hero phase. Um, you know, people talking about Lorcon, which is in the hero phase, this is still in the hero phase, so there's still a lot of things you can do. Um, throw out endless spells. Cast spells or debuffs or things on other people. Um, move heroes um, next to other units that might have a buff that they can put on that happens in the hero phase. Um, teleport on your opponent's backfield objective. Get behind things. Um, you know your battle tactic where you take a terrain in your opponent's um, territory, or you need two units behind. Like endless possibilities with this thing. It's it's you have to ta- you have to have it in your list. I think it's it's incredible. Yeah, you're always going to find yep. a use for it
0: yeah i have found a lot of value there's been times where i've been clutching for the battle tactics uh, as i get late into the game and desecrate their land for example like being able to claim it claim a terrain piece has been so valuable and if you're able to skid elite a wizard just take over you know t- you're contesting it one nil boom you got uh, you've got yourself a, a battle tactic so that in itself, let alone being able to you know, move move away from combats, to be able to go in and reinforce another part of the board to claim an objective, skitter Leap is just a cracking um, spell to have. And it's relatively easy to cast on a six as well. So, um, in, in the, yeah, it's really good.
1: Um, um, who's... Unit, and this just worth to um, add on to that. Gracie, the units are taking this. Once per turn in the hero phase, they get to roll on 3d6 to move the lowest. So... Again, makes it even almost a um, guarantee to get off. It's very rare that I don't successfully cast Gilly. Obviously, unless it's unbound, but to cast it um, nearly always happens.
0: Who are good recipients of Death Frenzy?
1: Um, basically everything, except heroes, because they, they're not allowed to. <laughs> um, the big ones to me, I I normally chuck it on my Sensor Bearers, because um, they're Gilly yeah, they're as all hell. Um Storm Vermin can be, be a good one because you can make them really killy Plague Monks. Um, yeah, a lot of units in this book, you can take them in, you know, a bigger than a small small unit, so you reinforce them once or twice. You lay the buffs on and you give them death frenzy so they get to fight twice. Um, you can only fight twice in a phase, so it's worth noting you can't death frenzy, de- de- dread a death frenzy, so you can put fight, twice on, uh, fight on death twice on something. You can certainly fight twice in the same phase, that's a core rule. So you can't fight, then get killed, and then fight twice again. Um, So worth remembering that one. But, yeah, look, this just doubles your output, I guess, because you're fighting twice. Um, It can make it a hard decision for your opponent to want to charge something because they know if I kill this, it gets to fight me when it dies. Um, Yeah, incredible spell. Again, um, you want to have this in every list, 100%.
0: What about Scryer? If you're taking Scryer Wizards... um... What's your... I think all three of them are good spells. Um, what's your priority order? What's first, what's second, what's third?
1: If you're taking Scry units or building a Scry list, um, more, more, more Warp Power. It's been the Scry spell the whole way through. It hasn't changed. Um, so obviously that's your first choice because you're going to use that on your, on your Storm Fiends or your Reinforced Block of Acolytes. Um, your Warp Lightning Shield can be kind of cool too. I think that's got interesting play um, on your... like your Lightning warp Shields? Shield. Yeah, warp lightning shield. Yeah, I really yeah. like that spell. I really like
0: that being able to the first three wounds cast. Uh, basically, you can negate the first three spe- uh, three wounds, but then on the fourth one, um, they just all go through.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, it can it um, can it can be a bit of a gamble. Um, but if there's no opportunity cost because you're going to take the three anyway, right? So if they don't put enough into it or it makes them commit more than they than they otherwise would have to waste resources, then yeah, it can be for sure be an interesting one um chain warp lightning i think it's clearly the worst of the three but again it, it, it could um skittle leap something in in front of someone's whole army and if they're all bunched up in a castle and they all take a mortal wound so it could actually add up to be quite a few so for sure has some play as well
0: and this, you know, this, when we start kind of getting into these layer of the onion, as you called it out, you know, you can start to see the combination starting to form out, you know, Bartik mentioning, you know, death frenzy plus dreaded death frenzy on the Warbringer, Skitter leaped into your opponent. Like there's just so many crazy combinations that on its surface, like you're like, okay, cool, there's some good stuff in there. But when you start connecting the dots, you start to see the true power of Skaven, which, um, which is, again, one of the list builder's dreams because there's just so much potential to unlock.
1: Oh mate, yeah, you could you could sit there for days writing lists nonstop, and oh, if I take this out and no, add this, yes, yeah, it's, it's um definitely. If you enjoy list building, it's a, it's a good army to jump on.
0: Hannah mentioning death frenzy with more 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 war power on Doom wheels with the Vial of the Formidator. again. Like this is so much craziness, and that's why I love you, Skaven folk, because you you've got to be <laughs> snorting the uh the <laughs> you've got to start snorting that green stuff to to kind of get across this army. What about your Pestilence Prayers? I mean, we already know that you're going to get plus one if you're going to have multiple Priests within um, 13, Holy within 13, you get plus one. So you've got a whole access. By the way, you've still got Curse. You've still got... Uh, what's the other Universal Bloody Prayer um, that's popular?
1: Um, I use Bless, which is a six-up board quite a bit, but everyone gets that. Um, I'm not sure what the other one is. Is there another one? <laughs> I just look at Curse. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, Curse, you, you can use it on Curse, which is going to be great, especially with all those Plague Monks going in. Um, it can be quite powerful. Uh, flip the bacon. We will get there in a minute. We'll talk about the Scaven Endless Spells. Um, do you have any favourites from the the Pestilence Priest options?
1: Um, all three good. Um, I think it's amazing that all three go off on a three. Um, mm. So you sit something next to a Norhal within three, goes off on a two. Um, so very reliable. Um, I mean add one to your wound rolls if you want to run your sensor bearers and you don't want to take plague monks Um, there you go you're on twos to wound again. i um, adding one to the attacks of a unit Um, oh that's everyone would love to have that that pair in their book. I'm sure Um, especially when you're running a big blob of sensor bearers or plague monks Um, the disease disease is amazing too Um, especially with things like skitter leap so you can get in range of the unit you want to hit Um, and just clear out a third of that unit
0: and Smite is the one, this the other prayer that we were I was trying uh, that was the one I was thinking of. I couldn't think of uh what it actually was. Thank you, Dark Prince. For me, rabbit rabbit is the one that I love. I mean, like it's filth, filth, or rabbit, rabbit. I think um getting the plus one attack characteristic on um those sensor bears, for example, um you know, could really slap. Or if you have uh, Rabid, rabbit rabbit on plague monks and you're able to get curse off as well um you can do some sensational damage, um, which is why I love the clan pestilence and why you probably will take multiple clan pestilence hero to access, you know, yes, you'll get access to some great plagues, but also just the ability to boost up those um those chant rolls.
1: Um like I said before with the grace here when I bought the the spell enhancement to get two spells. If you're running two or three plague priests, I'd seriously look at buying a prayer enhancement um because you want to probably gonna want to have curse on every single priest. Or you can double up on having every priest with filth, filth, and rabid, rabid, for example, and just chuck disease, disease on one off, the spare one off in the corner in case you want to teleport and clear out a bit of, bit of a horde unit. So they've all got play, and I will definitely consider buying a, a pair enhancement if, um, if you're running two or three of them, maybe four.
0: By the way, Joel, I want to apologize. I said that we'd get this done in two hours, and it's already two and a half, two, two hours and 15 minutes. Like, let's... Let's see if we can wrap this up soon. Like we'll be here Fair forever. Enough. And I think that's, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to hurry you up. Like it's actually like, is a really good discussion. And we haven't really even gone through the war scrolls. You can, you know, really, <laughs> really, really get in deep with the weeds. And that's like a cities of Sigma. I could spend 10 hours talking about cities and you still wouldn't get to a, an outcome because it's just so rich with the combinations of synergies, what you can do with, the, you know, all the different buffs and and, and things like that. Um. Couple of things that I do want to call out before we get into the faction battle tactics and then your list is: Are there any units that you think um, really won with this book? Um, we talk Thankful, Thankful, and Boatman, for example. They, uh, it's just a great combination. Is there any any other units that you think are just absolute favorites of yours right now?
1: Um, we talked about sensor bearers a lot. Obviously, they're they're an easy pick. Uh, you just take three seconds, look at the war scroll, and see that they ninety points, and say. Hell yeah. Um, it's good, to, and, and they haven't been on the table, so it's good to see those guys. Um, I love the Deceiver. He was good in the last book, but with the new command traits and artifacts they've given him, um, that guy, you can do so many tricksy, crazy things that you shouldn't be able to do in the game that you can do with him. Um, so I love what they've done with him. I definitely think he's got better. Uh, the Warbringer as well, uh what we touched on before, you can make him a, probably one of the best hammers in the game. Probably the best hero hammer in the book for sure. Um, things like gutters, gutter runners and night runners um, big glow up I think you'll see uh, one or two of those in a lot of lists, not every list but most lists I think um, should include them and if they don't they should be putting them in um, red ogres are the obvious one Like we've, talked, we've touched on a lot of these red ogres are amazing um, if the master clan stays as it is I think nearly every list will have red ogres and the master molder in it um, I really love the sky racolytes I think they're being massively underrated Um, You plug their stats into a stats hammer app and and see the damage output and you're like, oh, okay, hang on. Um, And
0: and then you plug in 20 of them in the Games Workshop website when you're buying them acolytes (laughs) one each. And then you realize why you're not using them, uh, unless you obviously own a 3D printer. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because of what Flip the Bacon had asked, which was, what are our opinions on endless spells? And the flipping of the tide here is, what are you not a fan of? And I'm going to say right now, I'm not a fan of all three of the Skaven, um, endless spells. And the Warp Lightning Vortex, in my opinion, seems to have gotten worse. Do you agree 100%. or disagree with that statement?
1: 100%. Um, the, the, the fa- I've, I've tried to use it a few times, and the fact that you've got to set it up an inch away from everything else, um, you can find it really hard to get it in the optimal position or where you want to get it. Um, and the fact it doesn't stop flying units from getting fly anymore, um, that really hurts as well,
0: and the range got smaller. It was it wasn't a six-inch range now to a, th- is it three inches?
1: Uh, the range is still the same, still six. Um, but yeah, it lost it lost the R uh, stops fly part of it. Um, it did drop down ten points, but I just think um, that in combination with the glow up that basically every other endless spell got in this GHB, uh, there's just better choices.
0: Yeah, that was that was probably – I thought there was a range. I thought there was something else other than the fly being removed But when I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, it didn't get an improvement that I would need to see to bring the – obviously, again, it's a cool spell. It looks great. It's Skaven. But right now, with so many great endless spells, you talked about it already, Chronomatic Cogs, the boat, um, some damage-dealing spells, um, there's just too many good options that I would take, and this one struggles for me.
1: I haven't used it for a long time because um, a lot of people sort of um, don't enjoy playing against the Warplighting Vortex, but I can't remember if it's this this iteration or a previous one that put in that has to be an inch away from everything else when it's set up. Part. So that might be what you're thinking of. I just can't remember when, when that um, got put on the scroll.
0: Yeah, I just remember it being, I just uh, I, I swear it got, yeah, I thought there was something else no no the the, units within three inches of this and this endless spell cannot run i thought that was more generous in the in the last edition but look doesn't matter the fact that it's um it's there's just better endless spells and the the stopping of flying yeah is enough for me is there any other units that you you're not a fan of i think for me the gracia on screaming bell uh, i'm not a fan of or at least I, i there's just better options for my points
1: yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not a fan of the Warps here either. Um, he lost the, the Battleshock bubble, which was um, like I think 26 inches. So basically like the whole battlefield. So um, losing that and um, going up in points again. Um, I think you'll still see him in some lists, but he's not, definitely not what he used to be. Um, yeah, I'd, I still like Plague Monks, but I don't think they're as good as what they used to be. But I'd still definitely use them. They were just really, really good before. They're now are good. Um, so I guess they've they've gone down a bit. Um, and you've touched on the endless spells. Um, the pl- I really wish they would have done. Du- like Play claw has always been bad. It's still bad. But i would be cool to. I like the model. It'd be cool to see that on the table. So I guess that's. It's a bit disappointing that they couldn't put a bit of effort into that. But it is what it is.
0: And, and you know jonathan you know asked about screech vermin king is it worth looking at yeah absolutely i think there's very few units in here that is not worth looking at it just depends on the composition of the army and how you want to run it and what are the what are the what are the clans that you want to incorporate into your list um so i think you could be really clear of what you're striving for and flip the bacon is confirming that um it used to be six and now it's down to three so i think the 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 reducing of run has actually changed i swear it was like I I was going crazy yeah like i said I've, um, i have been
1: used it for a very long time because people don't enjoy playing against it so but um yeah if that's happened then again another reason not to not to take it i think i'd be if i wanted a big spell like that i'd be looking at purple sun at the moment so yeah yeah
0: it's just too good and too versatile i mean uh warp lightning so the warp lightning vortex is ko's best endless spell available because they don't <laughs> have to worry about the ranges, right
1: um, and I mean, um, I'm sure they'd take what they'd take purple sun if they could, but they don't control it when they summon it, so they can't really take purple sun. So they're still stuck no. in the vortex, right?
0: you got some options, you got some battle tactics and you've got some um, grand strategies. I think, it, uh, look, I'm not going to ask for your feedback on the grand strategies because it's pretty clear, right? It depends on the combination, whether you're Master Clan or Molder, Master Clan and Eshin, Master Clan and Verminus, Master Clan and Scryer, Master Clan Pestilence. So as long as you can keep a hero on the, on the board, um, so there's three or more, um, oh, three, <laughs> when the battle ends, you complete the grand strategy if there are three or more blah blah uh in your in your on the battlefield so it's really incentivizing you i mean the more of these duos you're gonna have the um the better chance you're gonna have to score your grand strategy thoughts on these versus like what's currently in the battle pack
1: um i think your heroes are what really turn your army up they they are what hand out a lot of the buffs um and 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 combos that um, that really power up your units from being pretty average to really good. So your opponent's going to be targeting them already. Um, you're just giving them extra incentive to try and keep your heroes alive for the game. Um, so I, I really don't like any of these, um, personally. Um, I'd be looking to the, the generic ones in the GHB. Um, my two choices would be um, uh, what's it? I can't remember the name of it um, Take What's Theirs or something. We have more units in there um starting zone than they do um because you're up like your is just like here. have a teleport like everything can teleport um so that can be um i think that can be pretty achievable the other one is um might be dominating presence i'm sorry if i'm getting that wrong the one where you got to have one unit smack bang in the middle of the board one gv and they control all four quarters um that one <laughs> I think that one's called again uh, yeah and
0: obviously again if you're watching this six months later we're in a different battle pack different story but um, again you know if you're gonna build if you want to take into one of these uh, grand strats, you're gonna have to really focus on two um, one multiple heroes uh, many heroes because your your heroes are traditionally squishy and can die pretty easily um, and two you want to be able to double down and have like lots of master clans and whatever you choose and moldar verminous scryer
1: pestilence yeah it's, it's a bit unfortunate i think i've um, got a bit of a short short straw with the grand strats for the old scaven book um like i said it's you're just putting a big red target on your heroes backs that they, they they really don't want to have um so i wouldn't look at any of these and they're all apart from the vermin lords which aren't even super survivable themselves all your heroes are very squishy so it's not Anything that's got any range or any, you know, threat range through movement as well, isn't going to have too much trouble getting them if they really want to, especially as the game goes on. So,
0: Do you find yourself using the uh, Skaven battle tactics? So you've got four options, right? You've got one that's focused on rat Ogres. One, you pick an enemy hero with um, a wounds characteristic of 10 or more and have no allocated wounds just yet. You got to kill it, so you know chipping it down is not going to help. Uh, one is going to be picking an enemy monster on the battlefield and shooting it down with a clan scryer, uh, and then the other one is based on uh, chanting three prayers with a, cl- a pestilence priest.
1: Um, yeah, these are. I think they're really cool and flavorful. Um, they're probably what battle tactics should be. Um, they shouldn't be super powerful um you have to sort of lean into a certain type of um clan to be able to achieve them a lot of the time um which means it sort of limits you from having access or being able to achieve the other ones um which i think is really cool um the ones i look to um i think the the clan's pestilence priest one is super easy to do if you've got three three clan's pestilence priests. that's basically automatic. you have a battle tactic um especially if going... especially
0: if you activate the um the the great plague of uh re chance right like that's yeah, you not. do that
1: turn one, turn two, you go, okay, I can't do any battle tactics, let's do this one. Um, you clan Scryer one again if you're taking you to Storm Fiends or you're taking a shitload of Acolytes and they put a monster in the front and you've got the option. Um, the damage output can be pretty unreal, so that's a pretty easy one to achieve if obviously it depends on your opponent having a monster, but um, but it can be pretty achievable. Um, but it requires you to have Scryer again. Um, I think the Ocean one is going to be really hard to do a lot of the time. Um, because the heroes that you want to kill, um, usually your opponent's going to insulate with a screen um, that might make this achievable. So it's it's doable, but it's not going to be um, an auto-achieve a lot of the time. The Rad Ogre one, I think there's two ways to heal Rad Ogres, and they both happen on a 3+, um, and they're D3. So I'm not sure I'd ever really use that one. That's a bit bit of an interesting one. Um, but hey, if you've got Maybe nothing else, to roll the dice. So there you go. Maybe that's when you bring the Life Swarm in as well. <laughs> True. Like
0: there you go. It's not worth, but it's not worth <laughs> it. Like it, it's, like <laughs> it's an overkill for a battle tactic. And there's some good ones you can you can, you can score. And like you do have access to a lot of Gletian veterans. So um, I I'd probably agree: Fire, Fire, More, More, and Crescendo of the Disease Choir, depending on your your list makeup, but certainly the more achievable ones. But it's not like as a Skaven player, you'll have access to four. You've really got access to one maybe two at maybe most two. Yep. um and the rest you're relying on the battle pack
1: the um the ups the upside i guess i mean yeah they, i guess if compared to some other armies battle tactics they've they've got it a bit rough um but the upside is at least in this current ghb skaven can achieve the the generic ones quite well they don't have too many problems uh, at least in my experience getting uh you know four or five battle tactics each game they, they do the, the current ones really well so that's a that's a good thing i guess <laughs>
0: I'm getting told uh, the Eshin one could be easier if thankful to levitate your deceiver before you dreaded leaps in order to jump the screens. And hit. It's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of ifs in that <laughs> statement. Um, I think for me, the, the the problem with the Eshin one is it means that you're the enemy hero that has to have one more than 10 wounds. So in the current meta, how many heroes have more than 10 wounds? Um, and, I, and I think uh, uh, unless people are jumping away from Battle Regiment, most people are only taking like one so they can kind of reduce those drops. Uh, although Bounty Hunters and Expert Conquerors might change that, me- that mix up a little. Um, but the other part is that they can't have had a wound allocated to them already. So you've got to have them on zero wounds. So it's a very early game, turn one, maybe turn two battle tactic. Um, there's a lot of ifs in that statement.
1: Um, and the thing I find with my Ashton units is, um, they have, they sprinkle more wounds. Um, obviously if you focus fire, you can do quite a few, but I like to use them to, you know, chip off a support hero, jump up behind something, shoot off a support hero, roll, you know, hope to spike some sixes. So, um, yeah, taking out a 10 win hero can be, can be difficult. Your only, ch- your only chance is you yeah, have the deceiver, but again, that can be hard to do. you cool.
0: got super be- early. Moment of truth is your list. People have been asking, when is what's your list? What's Joel's list? And it is here. So I'm going to read it out really quickly, and you can kind of talk me through as much detail as you want or as little, how this all works. So take what is theirs as the grand strategy, and you've got Indomitable as your triumph. You've got your Vermin Lord Deceiver, which is the general with incredibly agile, the Magnetic Trinket, Flaming Weapon, and Ghost Mist as two spells. And you'll notice that he's gone... Um, commanding entourage as and warlord as well so you've gotten both an extra spell and an extra artifact as well as expert conquerors and bounty hunters you've just gone all the, the battalions
1: <laughs> i love it you've, that got,
0: you've got Greyseer, you've got gray seer you got two gray seers one has skaven brew artifact with skiddle leap and death frenzy you've got uh, another one with skiddle leap and death frenzy you've got a plague priest with the uh curse uh universal prayer you've got the um the underworld's warband that uh, slinks with skitter strength shank um, with the, with his crew, uh, you got Thankful on Bone Ripper. You and this is probably a good. Oh, I, I want to unpack this a little bit because of um, Thankful and you've got some customization with Thankful. So I'd love to know why you've gone two and two as opposed to like three and one or four and one of the the weapon options. Um, but you have gone two uh, warpfire braziers and two warpfire projectors also with Leap, also with Death Frenzy. you got yourself three units of Clan Rats. Uh, you've got yourself, obviously, the, the friends that go with um, the Slinks. You've got two units of Plague Sensor Bearers. You've got Boatman Locky. You've got Cogs, and you've got Geminids. So that comes in at 1985, 12 drops, 131 wounds, no allies, uh, no reinforcement points. Whew, what on earth is going on here? How does this all work? <laughs>
1: That's a mouthful. <laughs> I,
0: gave you a um, I, g- I gave you a break.
1: Cool, let's go. Um, so uh, the first thing I'll point out: is people will say Thankwell's got spells. Um, the TA for our event on the weekend has—it's obviously there's no scaven facts, so we've got to guess and you know use a bit of common sense. Um, so Thankwell's led to have some spells there. Um, and I think logic
0: will—a uh, logic will show that that was a misstep, and the FAQ will will give Thankwell back spells, but. Um, assume those spells aren't there if your TO are ruling it rules as written right now.
1: They're handy to have. I honestly don't find myself using them a lot of the time. Um, Thankful has plus three to cast, plus four next to a norhole, so most of the time he's putting out an endless spell and mystic shooting himself. Um, so I don't find it to be the biggest deal. It's handy to have if you can have it. Not the end of the world if we lose it. Um, I've gone two and two because I find um, the combo here is with, with Geminids. Um, Geminids, um, I'll read it out. Some people might not, might not know what it does. Um, it passes over a unit um, or sets up eight, moves eight. Um, every unit it passes over or finishes um, within an inch of. Uh, you roll a dice on a two-up, takes a mortal wound. Um, if that mortal wound is not negated, uh, that unit cannot receive or issue commands until the next combat phase. So it shuts down all command uh, command abilities in the, the movement, the shooting phase. Um, so the big ones there is it stops redeploy and it stops unleash hell. Um so with thankful, when you're casting Lawcorn, you're moving him up nine away you're moving him then in the movement phase um, to three away. Um, a really big redeploy roll there could really hurt your your warp fire um, projectors um, so that's why I really like Geminids with him, and I like to run two. Um, a lot of people might run three or four to really make sure you get the mortal wounds but when you combat that with um, with Geminids, it basically guarantees. Or gets close to getting all the all the models in the unit within range um the way the warp fire projectors work um, every model within eight inches in that it's only that unit so um you can't have a bunch of other you know big units around and roll a million dice um so i've got two so every four up is a mortal wound so if you got two roll all two dice for every model every four up's a mortal wound so if they're one wound models on average dice the whole unit's gone um
0: in the case of what happened to me last weekend um my thank will had four of the uh the burdenators the four of the, the projectors and it did 44 mortal wounds to my unit of 20 witch elves so it was 80 dice <laughs> on a four up It was 80 dice because it was because it was yeah it was it was uh it was four of them um uh, my advice to my opponent was while it worked against me uh although ultimately that my opponent didn't win the battle um it is playing uh, a risky game because if we are, if you're going to be shooting uh thankful into other units and they don't have the hordes that I had in my witch elves, then the attacks, you're not getting that many attacks. So I, I do personally like the split of uh, either three, one or, or two, two, I think two, two is kind of the way I would build it. But um if you do see like a horde matter and like zombies and and clan rats and 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 spooky ghosts and witch elves and like cities and everyone's hoarding it up, then yeah, you might want to go all four um, projectors.
1: And and you briefly touched on it there. You run into an army um, that's got no hordes. You're paying four hundred and fifteen points for a guy that's just basically there to cast two spells, um, at least with two braziers like. They're only... Each brazier gives you two attacks on three, three, snake, two, three, which is pretty good. Like, you're not going to complain about that. Um, it's not going to go and kill Archaon, but, um, you know, it gives him that option to go in and, and do work against some units. So he'll, he'll take off a support hero. He'll take off a 10-man ten, mm. ten unit, you know. It gives him a chance. Like if you charge some Annihilators, he might get one or two through and every attack that goes through kills an Annihilator. So it just gives you... You can use him in in a lot more ways. He's a lot more versatile, I find. Um, so that's why I like to have at least a couple of brazers on there.
0: Yeah. That's why I said, like, even if it's, even if you still want to go three of the, the projectors and have one, um, brazier, I think having a, a split force, you'll get a bit more versatility from thankful. but Hey, you do, you build it the way you want to build it. How's the rest work? What's, what's going on? What are the internal synergies? How, what are you trying to achieve with this list?
1: Um, and the other thing with Thankful, yeah, it comes down to play style. I like to be aggressive, so that that, that sort of suits me. Um, this list is um, a bit of a mini alpha list um, that's com- that's combined with uh, board control and movement. Um, so I'm going to give away a few of my secrets. So I hope um, whoever's playing on the weekend isn't listening too closely.
0: <laughs> Before you do that, can I just call out one point that we kind of slightly went over that I think is worth calling out? And that is with the Boatman, so that endless spell, Lachlan, the, the Boatman, um, it allows a wizard to move after it's move. So that's a very, that breaks the rules. Traditionally, when you set up and, and deploy and, you you know, that counts as your move, in this particular situation with the endless spell, it allows you to move. So normally when you teleport, you'd be outside of 9, which which wouldn't work with Thankwell. You can't pop up from a Gnar hole and start burdenating because you'll be out of range. So, the boatman becomes really important because then you can move. Thankful's going to move of 10. 10 so, yeah. you can get within three um, and then just burn an eight as much as possible. So, that's where the combination works. I just want to call that out just because I noticed that some people with that endless spell have missed the fact that you can move after you teleport.
1: Yeah, and I've seen some people say it's a misprint, but the old one specifically said you could not move, and now they specifically changed the wording to you can move. So it might get changed. It might get it's fact, Definitely a possibility. It might get changed to, you know, only Wizards with ten less than 10 wounds can use it, something like that, or no mounts. Um, but for the moment, um, take advantage, because it's a, oh, so much fun combo, so much fun to use. Um, cool. So, yeah, the... Um, I touched on the Fermin Lord Deceiver before, but I'll quickly touch on it again. Incredible agility um, gives it fly, gives it two finest hours. Um, so combining with the scurry away, um, lead disability um, can make him super survivable. If he's in a fight, he's, he's not going to, doesn't want to be in. Um, you can, you can, you know, retreat away instead of fighting. Um, or if you think you can take a hit or you want to send him in with a buff, um, you can use one of the finest hours as well. Um with the magnet trinker, that gives you fight first once per game. So again, with that scurry away, if you're in a combat and it's not your turn, you can fight first and scurry away. So you can basically guarantee he's going to live another turn, um, and that's when you've got your, finest, your two finest hours back up as well. Um, so he's basically there um, to to combo with slink a lot of the time. Um, the de- the Vermilor deceiver has a war scroll spell called dreaded skitter leap. Uh, cast on a six, pick a model uh, or unit wholly within thirteen, um, and Place it six away. Um, so obviously, I th- I'm not sure there's many other things in the game that when you um, teleport set up again, you can put it within six instead of nine. Um, nine is usually the standard. Um, so it unlocks um, a lot of combinations or things you shouldn't be able to do. Um, so the option in this list is if you've got something you just want to, you know, buff up some clan rats with scaven brew, give them two attacks each. Um, you um, you teleport the plague priest six away. Curse has a range of not um, outside nine. So that obviously gives you access to curse something, um, that you normally wouldn't be able to with a teleport that was far away. Um, a lot of the time I'll teleport the deceiver in himself. Um, he has a pretty handy shooting attack. So D6 attacks, threes, threes, neg one, two, um, sixes to hit our two mortal wounds as well, um, which is pretty, which is basically on every echelon S- unit. So either two or D3 or, or one, if on the smaller units. Um, so that can be handy. Um, his attack profile, uh, six attacks, three threes threes, neg three, ran two damage, uh, he has a command ability for an Ashen unit Hollywood 13 to give plus one to hit and wound. Um, and obviously he's got the flaming weapon. Uh, so the combo there is um, goes in, uses his own command ability himself, casts flaming weapon earlier in the turn. Um, he's twos twos, neg three, three damage, um, which is pretty nutty. Um, the it's other like thing first. I do is I is I teleport him in six away and I cast Geminids so from him, if, if it's not going to reach, like I get given the first turn. I can use him to cast Geminids for Thankful's combo if I want to guarantee units can't move, so Thankful will get in the range of a bigger part of the unit. Um, so there's, yeah, like I said, this guy unlocks so many combat combos. Um, so versatile, so many things you can do. He's a good choice for General because a battle tactic for General kills something, so he's killy enough that he can go and do that. Um, and I find, yeah, twos twos neg 3-3. Three, three, it's only 6 attacks, but, you know, when you're hitting on... Hitting and wounding on twos, and you know they need to fail like three, and then a cool nine damage. So like, there's a yeah. a pretty good hero, a good chunk of a unit gone. So he does enough for for his points. I think four or five is a lot, but I love him. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's brutal. That's absolutely brutal um i was just looking at who was in your bounty hunters and I'm like no surprise it's your plague sensor bearers I don't, i'm not trying to skip ahead i'm like oh he's got like a, who's he tapping into your gray seer is obviously both of your gray seers are, are really running around as support pieces and buffing and i love the fact you've got redundancy it doesn't mean that you've got two wizards that can cast Skitter leap in the same turn it means that you've got access to great spells and no matter where you need it and who's in range and what the situation is you and you see this a lot in death with like with necromancers you'll have you'll double up on certain spells just to be able to if one gets shot off the board you've still got that critical spell too
1: yeah i was originally looking at maybe giving one an arcane tone but um i thought um this would add more to the list so this was a late change and i'm glad i've done it um the thing i love about the grace is is that the 3d6 cast picked the two dice um which can be amazing for getting your cogs out and then you get to re-roll all your other spells um, so that's usually the first cast i do is with a Gracia. um usually i'll have a, a nice little um party huddled around the an norhole and then you put a nice little cogs next to it and then you know this list has eight casts so um re-rolling seven of them and eight eight after the turn you set it up is um obviously pretty incredible um it's and that's really really nice combination obviously with your deceiver because you really want to try and guarantee getting that that skitter leap off if you can. Um, so getting it on a six with a reroll, five or next to a hole is, yeah, pretty good.
0: By the way, Hannah calling out a good point is that the Deceiver doesn't have the Eshin Toxins on the War Scroll. It does do mortal wounds with the Death Star or the Doom Star, but um, it doesn't have the Eshin Toxins like the rest of the um, the, the kits, which is surprising.
1: It's very strange. It's like uh, he used all his poison on the um, on the throwing stars and um, didn't realize he didn't put any on his dagger, right? Um, it's got to be for balance reasons, I guess. But um, yeah, it is. It is strange that literally all the little minion dudes can do it on both, and the, the big boss man only gets it on his shooting attack. <laughs>
0: we're in a we're in a recession. We don't have enough. Uh, we don't have enough uh, toxins for the big guy. So it's just like being charitable to the little people.
1: Toxin stocks. <laughs> um, yeah. So the two gracies are the same. Um, again, the you know, combos on combos. You can one grace here, can skitter leap the other grace here in range to do scaven brew, or he skitter Leap's the other grace here, um, who then uses this 3d6 roll on one of the endless spells to get that off. Um, his war scroll spell wither can be handy as well on the right target. So that's uh, cast on a seven range 13. Um, roll 2d6 if if you beat the units. Uh, I think it's wounds characteristic. Um, it's neg one to hit and d3 mortals. Um, so not definitely not useless. Um, definitely has its place. Um, a lot of people, I'm sure, will be looking at Purple Sun, so we'll be able to skid a Leaper, Gracie, nine away, and then 3d6. The Purple Sun cast is a, obviously the obvious one, or Vortex, if you like Vortex. Um, yeah, so versatile. Again, good battle tactic, to get later in the game with the teleport. Um, you need to take two of these guys and thank Will to unlock the Master Clan, um, but I'm not, I'm not sad to have to take two of them, honestly. Um, so, yeah, that, that's why there's two Gracie's in the list.
0: And I mean, they're double casters as well, right? They're double casters, double unbinders. So um, they, they're great little options. And I think you made the right call on unlocking double spells because then you've obviously got Arcane Bolt, you've got Mystic Shield, and then there's two um, spells on top of the, um, the, the endless spells. So I think you've got a good variety. And if you're going to go the, the double gracier, um, uh, I, I do like the option of going extra a spell.
1: Um, yeah, the 125 points for two casts and, um, a 3d6 on, remove the lowest on one of them. Um, and the auto cast on a 13 as well. Can't be unbound is, um, is, uh, yeah, cash money. A lot of people like to and then, that. On.
0: And then plus one from the, from the null hole as well. So
1: like, yeah, you're laughing. Absolutely. Um, cool. Yeah. The plague priest I touched on. Um, he's a handy little piece. Um, uh, we got curse. Um, I also find myself using the blessed generic, Um, prayer as well obviously if nothing in range of curse you just chuck bless on something Uh, you're never gonna knock back a six upward why not um yeah i like i really like having the option to dispel invocations as well um they're starting to pop up a little bit more between fire slayers and doc. um the corn ones aren't great but you never know you might see someone running one occasionally uh like the hex gorgeous goals this list would hate diverse hex gorgeous goals so if you can get rid of that that would be really handy too so um, it's good good versatile piece, uh, hundred points fills fills a slot in me in my battalion, so yeah, why not? I don't mind him.
0: And as you said, like a of Cain love their heart of fury as well. so that's like an almost a that's an auto including doc, so um having access to spells and priests as well. and because your norholes also give you plus one to your prayers as well, um, yep. it can be quite powerful.
1: Um, so I was playing a game on Monday. And I had him sitting um, three inches away from an ore hole and then with an inch of mystical. So plus two to plus two to sprayer. It's like, cool. Roll a four up. I get a great plague, like sweet. So yeah, handy Too little piece.
0: Good. Even with just one, right? That's just one. So yep. um, you've obviously got three, three units of clan rats uh, bodies. They're in uh, expert conquerors. So they're counting as three uh, on an objective per models. So that could be up to 60, which is brutal. Um they're just a general pain in the ass, right? They heal back three up to three wounds a, a turn or three models a turn.
1: Yeah, you remember to use it. Yeah, if
0: you remember to use it. Anything else you use with the clan rats or are they just like body screens, objectives?
1: They're just a very versatile piece because you've got retreat and charge and plus two to run. Um, so they, they can be surprisingly quick. A lot of people get quite surprised when it's like, okay, eight plus a d6 run. It's like, wait, what? Um, so you can get them in places... Um, People might not expect, um, and yeah, they're a treat and charge. Yeah, you're a treat out of a you know a fight they don't want to be in, or use it as extra movement that instead of being locked up. So you're a treat. You might charge a little support here, and they can't kill them. Um, and they're worth three hundred objectives, so it might help you steal an objective um, or get to somewhere more important on the board. Help create a screen for something else. So they're they're so versatile. Um, they're they're a unit that um, new Skaven players um, they won't. They won't pick up on all the nuances at first but if you can really sort of master how you're using your clan rats um, it can really push your results and how well you're going to do once you start to use them to their full potential
0: Yeah, and my friend of the channel, Dan Brewer, who's been on the channel multiple times with Skaven, he was a master of clan rats and being able to manipulate them with the retreat and charge. You know, even a unit of like two or three clan rats, if you wipe out most of the unit, you retreat them, they can kind of go steal objectives, they can block out and and deny and zone up the board. Uh, and now you get the ability to be able to return models um, with the seething swarm. So they've just gotten even better. So the points um, went
1: down. They got the plus one to save always instead of only with 10 or more models. Um, they get the extra reach now from the allegiance ability. So you can run rusty blades instead of spears. So you've your fours and fours like, yeah, clan rates, clan rates got so much better in this book and they're already amazing. So, yeah,
0: they just, they've just lost the battle shock immunity. So don't, so you know, out, and probably my advice competitively is don't, go overkill reinforcing them, maybe one at best, but don't do too many reinforcements in your clan rats. And because a lot of your Skaven models come in quite small areas anyway, you're probably going to spend your reinforcement points elsewhere, you know, Storm Friends, for example. Um, But, you know, you've, you've proven here, Joel, you've spent no reinforcement points here. You've just gone pure bodies without reinforcements.
1: Um, I think a lot of people will find my list quite odd, but it's just my playstyle. Um I love having a couple of big, big hitty monsters that I can rely to send off and do do jobs. So I've got a lot of points in heroes in this list, so there's not really much points left over, but it's there's so many viable lists in this book. Um absolutely there'll be people that'll use all four and wish I had more running big blocks of plague monks or lots of big blobs of sensor bearers. So
0: So who are your threats? Who, who's dealing damage? So your plague sensor bearers are doing damage? Your vermin lord Deceiver's is probably doing damage. I mean, obviously, everyone can do damage, but and obviously, thankful as well. Um, are they your like your damage dealers?
1: Yeah, there's not like a crazy big hammer unit. Um, thankful and deceiver are okay damage, but they're not you know crazy fulminator damage or anything like that. Um, I like to co- like to combine, um, and then then target maybe after I've chipped away a little bit. Um, I find the Plague Sensor Bearers, they, they fill a role. They're in Bounty Hunters. If there's a GV, it's got 20 models. Five Sensor Bearers will take off 20, for example, 20 Clan Rats. Five Sensor Bearers will take off 20 of those, no problem with the extra damage. Um, so they're, they're just there to fill that role. Um, I'll send things like Slink, shank, and East Pack, and the Deceiver as a power pair because Slink gets to fight first when he's within an inch of his shanks. So I get two picks in a row, sort of like Lumineth. Um, so that, that's a cool little combination you can put together as well.
0: Cool. Anything else on this list? I mean, it's a, it's a great little list. And again, like, is this the everyone should take this list to their next tournament? No, um, I don't think there is a list, um, which is obviously the benefits of Skaven is that you have so much variety and so many options and and what you do with it. I don't think there's a clear winner. Um but if you if you have these models, run it. Um, but I think you pointed out as well. It's you know it's a very unique play style. I think I think maybe four, twelve drops might be too many for some people. They might you might want to, I don't know. Like maybe maybe you want to go bounty hunt uh, battle regiment. Maybe you want to I don't know, I don't know.
1: That's it. Tailor to how you play. Like this suits how I like to play. I like to use board control movement and then have a couple of big monsters because they're fun to use. Um, yeah. And there's, you know there's a lot of little nuance combos in this setup. I haven't touched on, but there's, 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 there's a lot to it. Um, but every Skaven list is going to be like that if you want it to be. So it's just combining the things that you like and you enjoy. And the beauty of this book is almost everything um, Almost everything works if, if, it, if it suits how you play, right? Um, there's only a few units that I'd never use, so...
0: Add, add more Plague Priests if you want to tap more into the um, the Pestilence. So if you add some Stormfreens or some Gisales or some type of... like, There's just so much option, which is what, one thing I and, love. Uh, again, it's the city's, city's piece.
1: Yeah, and again, I'll, with this list, I was limited a little bit by what I owned. So um, I would have loved to put a couple of, you know, tens of acolytes or things like that in if I was going to a tournament. Um, unfortunately, I don't own those because I'm not paying... I think it's $22 on the Australian store per model you 3D print them. Yeah, so I've um I've got some um some coming, so hopefully soon I'll be able to uh, have a crack with those guys. But um yeah, a little bit limited by what models I got, but um I love the list. It's it's so much fun to play. Um give it a go. You do a cool little alpha with your with your slinks, get a shake pack and deceiver. Um you can just because they all come in six away so you, it's very hard for your opponent to zone that out come in behind them and kill something juicy retreat away with slink and then the deceiver we've talked about is very hard to kill so it could be a nice love for there especially with fake call too and hopefully you do enough and then you control the ball with the rest of your units I've, I've become so, yeah. a
0: real fit fa- I've become a real fan of the uh, the storm Vermin, I think um there's a lot of versatility there they can be killy but also the bodyguarding and uh it's it's i i really like them i really do like them i probably wouldn't go 30 maybe 20 um unless you just want to have like the ultimate bodyguard but um i think i've really grown a fan of them
1: i mean the thing with 30 right obviously the elite disability give an extra um, inch of range so even if you want to rub a blob of 30 you're getting them all in most of the time so um, it's definitely an option. Um, and then they're only taking the bus better. Um, but I think, yeah, 30 might be a bit overkill. Uh, that'll that'll take a lot of stuff off.
0: A couple of rapid-fire questions, and then we'll kind of close this off. First one coming from Flip the Bacon. What do you think the worst matchups for Skaven right now?
1: Hmm, I'm not sure on that one. Um, I've only tested what I've locally. I haven't had much of a chance to, to see what else is out there. Um, probably... Probably things that do a lot of damage too quickly, I'd say. Um, so maybe maybe something, maybe something like Iron Jaws might struggle a little bit with it. They can probably punch through you too quickly. Um, I'd be probably be worried. Bok, the one that's jumping out in my head. I'd be a little bit worried about Bok. Um, Seraphon. i reckon yeah probably seraphon's probably almost the worst matchup honestly because they shut down your magic because it's board wide and and you you, you've got damage but not crazy damage and not high rend stuff either so um seraphon would also i'd say be a a really difficult one maybe that's probably the worst one actually it'll be seraphon um but it does really well into some other meta stuff at the moment like i'd 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 have no problem running into Doc with that list so um things like that they're going to become more popular i'd be i'd be happy to play against as well so
0: See what happens with this new ruling around the buffs and the weird the weird ruling around yeah, I not the FAQ Yeah that's
1: that's does. sort of screwed your list for the moment, hasn't it? Unfortunately, it's well, very weird.
0: I'm running I'm running gits this weekend, don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with an FAQ. Um would you bring Cron Spine? Would Cronspine be something that you'd add to this to get a bit of punch?
1: Um it definitely gives the army access to something it doesn't have. Um, so, absolutely, cr- Cronspine could slot in really nicely with a Skaven list. Um, I'm a bit anti-Cronspine. I've never used one, never will. So, um, I wouldn't be using one personally, but um, there's it doesn't have any... This army has no anvils. Um, cronspine is an anvil, obviously. You can't kill it for a couple of turns and can't retreat. So, um, I think, yeah, if you write the right list, it could do slot in very nicely into Skaven.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then probably the last question, i got two more questions, then we'll wrap it up. One coming from uh, Discord, uh, Manfred had a really good question and that was around with Gletian veterans and bounty hunters in general, how has that affected Skaven both positively and, and maybe some things that you're thinking about? Like we talked earlier on, when we talk about battle line, we're talking about you know, maybe you don't want to pick certain units and you don't want to activate them as battle line. Or you mentioned the fact that Rad Ogres and Storm Fiends um, are battle line, but are not going to be Glacian veterans. So I guess when it comes to this particular season, how has that impacted your build or your thinking around Skaven?
1: Um, I think it's definitely a positive for Skaven. Um, like we touched on, if you don't want something to be a Glacian veteran, you just don't make it one. Um, so you avoid with the bounty hunters um clan rats die to anything anyway like they're they one wound on a five up save they're they their their job is to die and to protect your good stuff so they were dying anyway so the plus one damage from bounty hunter doesn't affect me um they've got the speed they've got the retreat and charge um they've got the movement they need to do your extra gv things during a game so i think clan rats are great glacier veterans honestly whatever you say that word um so yeah personally i think it's it's just positive this game and i don't i if you know it's it becomes a negative if you, you, you want to make you want to run your big stormworm and blocks and you force to, to the GV, there's no choice, or you want to do a 30 blob of plague monks and put all the buffs on them, then obviously they die and again they die anyway, but um, they might have a chance if, if that wasn't there. But um, no, I think it's all for the most part all positive.
0: I think, I think for me, the the consideration would be if I'm going to run big blocks and I'm going to be using my reinforcement points, how can I get multiple inspiring presents? And I I know we've lost the doom bull, uh, bull, the, the, the screaming bell. um, So many things, but like, for me, like one of the things that I probably do if I was going to run a horde would be to make sure that my list was like 1940, 1950. um, And I would go for the triumph and get myself an extra battle shock immunity. Right. I'd be looking at the was it the, the um, was it savage whatever it was and get myself squad. that yeah like I'd be I'd be looking for those things to increase my battle shock immunity because if I run a horde I'm not gonna and, and with Gladian veterans you're gonna do more damage or my opponents are gonna do more damage to me um, I'm just asking for trouble so if I was gonna go that route I'd be looking at ways to kind of counter that but. Um, you're right, like those those clan rats are probably already going to die and it's probably a negative incentive for me to reinforce them. I'm probably better off going multiple units of 20 as opposed to the 40s and the 60s we saw in the past. Uh, and yes, Hannah, uh, good comment as well. You know, the Plague Furnace gives you the 13-inch thir- battle shock immunity. So um, I may drop the, the Grey Seer on Screaming Bell and bring myself a Plague Furnace. But then if I bring a Plague Furnace, do I need to bring in more Pestilence? pros and cons I mean, right your, your and other option he, is
1: he... um you take the you take the warp the vermin lord warps here which gives you a 10 inch um bravery bubble um and it counts as 2d master clan so um that might help cut down your, your points um and save them for other things if instead of taking a furnace for example if you want to unlock the master clan buff so here's a couple of options um yeah i don't i me personally i don't think it's the um the the, the meta or or the best thing in the book at the moment to be running Skaven hordes. Um, not like they used to be in the past, I don't think. Um, you could definitely do it, and if I was going to do it, I'd be doing it probably in Verminus. Um, Pestilence can kind of do it, but I'd I'd rather probably run MSU. I don't think I think running big blobs Sense of sensor barriers is a bit overkill. I don't think you need it. Um, you know, maybe unless you're building but... for
0: attrition, like unless you're building for attrition, right? You take fifteen; they are quite cheap at ninety points. You assume some are going to die from like Unleash Hell or maybe shooting along the way, um,
1: maybe the um the thing um we didn't mention either is death frenzy is when a unit is slain um so it hasn't got the doc treatment yet fact is coming so a bit nervous but um if you do charge something in it gets unleashed hell and dies you still get to fight whatever you charged. so um yeah it can you can definitely attrition the way um make sure you definitely get value yeah
0: Yeah. And look, yeah, again, good comment. Um, we are recording pre FAQ if you are watching this at a later stage. So some of the things that we might've discussed actually have been updated. So, you know, do check your FAQ to ensure that, you know, we, we didn't see something that's now incorrect, but I guess it's like any video, right? Literally they can change any rule at any time. Um, Final question, then I'm going to bed, is what's the key to success when it comes to running Skaven? Like, how do I win my games? Like, what advice would you give to me if I'm a player who's currently going, like, one and four or two and three? Um, how do I get the most out of my, my army?
1: Um, I think Skaven, um, it's all about your placement. Um, you have to be really on top of your your placement and um, obviously in combination with that is your movement. Um almost everything is reliant on your units being in the right place at the right time, um, whether that be for spells or buff ranges or just being in a position where it can't die or to get to where it needs to be on the following turn. Um, so I'd say you really you really need to know um, when to send something in, like when to go and when not to go. Um, you really need to think about whenever you're moving in or placing it down, is this the best place and where it should be placed? um it's very easy to make make a small mistake and it can be um, very costly um if you don't get your positioning and your movement correct it will cost you the game um i guess that can be said for a lot of armies too but i think especially for skaven that's that's the key to this army is getting your positioning and your movement right because um, that's where the game will be won and lost for you
0: Question: A question from the chat. I'll just I'll wrap this up because ba- Flip the Bacon's been very interactive, so I'll I'll reward them for their contribution. They're talking about war block warp Gisels, right? So they're a unit of three coming in at one hundred and twenty points. They're artillery and singles. So correct me if I'm wrong. It just means I can't reinforce them, right? If they're just singles, it means I get three jazails. Each time I pick the unit, because they're singles, I can't reinforce them. So I can take multiple of them. I can take up to four units of Gisales, but I can never grow them from three to six or to nine. Is that, am I am I correct?
1: Yeah, the issue with this one is on the app at the moment, you, they're not put in as singles. So people are saying, oh, well, this must mean that they're going to fac it so they're not singles anymore. So I think that's causing a bit of confusion. But for the moment, you go by what's in the book, what's in the GHP, they both say single. The app isn't an official source. Um, so, yes, they're just singles. Um, you can only take three in a unit and four, or four artillery slots. Um, but I think that's perfectly fine. Um, if you do the mass on them, um, they have basically the exact same profile as long strikes. Um, long strikes can't double shoot now when they're reinforced, so they're basically the same as long strikes but with twice the wounds. Um, yes, yeah, so, so with I the Giselle that, right?
0: We'll- when I get a single, a single means a single unit of three. Not, it's not a, yeah. it's not one. It's three. But because it's a single, I can't reinforce it anyway, unless that single thing drops off.
1: It's um, a single unit, so a unit comes with three, three, um, just else. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I think like um, the the bloodthirsty shiver in um, IDK, for example, they're a unit of three, but they're single, so you can't reinforce them. Even though alapexes can normally be reinforced, so it's a specific Correct. thing to that unit. So um, I can see where the confusion lies, but it is artillery, so you don't traditionally reinforce artillery anyway. So, um, but hey, again, FAQ might be clarified, but. Appreciate that little sidetrack, Joel. You are incredible. Thank you for a three-hour stream. We didn't quite make the four and a half hours that Warhammer Weekly was, but <laughs> I think we, uh, I think we've definitely added to the conversation. And between those two streams, um, I think you'll, I think players should have a better idea of how to start constructing their force. Take what you want. Don't run Joel's list. Um, Find what works for you. Whether you want to be um, going into, like, help, you want to run pit Abominations, you want to run Doom Wheels, we didn't really talk about them much. You do you. Take what works for you and build it into your list. Um, you are on Twitter. Um, what's your Twitter handle for people who want to talk to you and kind of list tech?
1: Yeah, look, obviously we couldn't go into everything. I would have loved to talk about everything, but um, like you said, it'd be a 10-hour show. Um, so if you want to talk more about Skaven, hit me up. Uh, JC underscore uh, Graham. G-R-A-H-A-M. Um, always happy to talk rats. Um, yeah, love them. Um, thanks for having me on coach. Much appreciated. Good fun.
0: Uh, Hang Hang fire is mentioning, um, in the non-English version, it doesn't actually say single. So I can see maybe why, the, uh, the Gisales are not coming up. That's probably where the confusion lies. But um, thank you so thank much you for can. everyone who jo- joined the show, either live or watched it on replay. Um, you're all legends. If you enjoyed it, you know what to do. Hit the button, press like, um, put a comment in. Um, and I legitimately want to hear from you how you are building your Skaven in the comment section. Let me know what you like, what we didn't cover, what are the synergies. And I think as I was talking to Joel before we went live, this is probably part one of many Skaven videos. I think we can break this down a little bit. And there's probably at least an Eshin, a Master Clan, um, a Scryer, and a Soup-type discussion. I think there's going to be many Skaven focuses on the channel moving forward. But, uh, Joel, you're getting a lot of love. Thank you, everyone. Much appreciated. And uh, I think we should do the outro and now go to bed because I'm an old man. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. So, yeah. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for sticking around until the end, I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video, as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so Liz down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.